Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 73. Surprise, we're still doing James Bond movies, guys. And this, time, <laughs> and this time around, we're going to be doing part three of the marathon, which takes place from 1987 all the way until 2002. So we're going to be uh, going over Timothy Dalton and Pierce Brosnan. So we are, you know, we're almost there. We're getting there. Um, yeah. So <laughs> you could see uh, the enthusiasm uh, drain out of our voices. We, we were lying when we said we were doing these the rest of the year. Yeah, we were lying. Now every Daniel Craig one, we're only doing doing them in thirty minute increments. Like, uh, okay, and we're so only doing for hour. the next uh, next five pods. It's just one movie each, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so exactly. we really got to milk this for what we can, guys. No time and to just, die is gonna take and a just a heads up too on that. Uh, we were gonna hold off on part four until uh, No Time to Die was supposed to come out, but now there's rumors it might not even come out this year. So yeah. I'd rather keep the conversation fresh when you guys still have the knowledge of all these previous Bond films. So it makes sense just to knock them out because. And I mean, truthfully, it's a universal film now too. So, is it even going to play in our theaters right here? I'm not sure. I don't. I'm not sure what's we're going just, on. We're just uh, we're just gonna do this again when that movie comes out. Yeah, we're gonna do and, all uh, four <laughs> parts again before the end. Double O Seven revisited. Yeah. Double <laughs> O Seven reloaded. So it's just gonna be one of those uh, those you know, just a uh, massive six and a half hour marathon where we're just gonna just one pot only, like a director's cut. So. Uh, all joking aside, guys, let's uh, let's jump right into it here, guys. So, uh, without further ado, let's get into the James Bond 007 Marathon Part 3. So the first movie here, we have at 1987's The Living Daylights. The name that means excitement is back. Bond. James Bond. That girl must be very talented. Shoot up. Believe me, my interest in her is purely professional. What is this? I've had a few optional extras installed. Wherever he goes, adventure follows. Two of our men are dead. Koskoff's named you. Then I must die. Eliminate him. Kill him! So this movie, guys, 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's uh, quite a jump from the previous film, which had Roger Moore, View to a Kill, I think it's the lowest rated one. Uh, the IMDb description is James Bond is sent to investigate a KGB policy to kill all enemy spies 
and uncovers an arms deal that potentially has major global ramifications. That doesn't really tell you too much about what's going on. Not really. <laughs> it's pretty simple and not too off the wall. Yeah, definitely. This is directed by John Glenn. He previously did for Your Eyes Only in 1981, Octopussy, and A View to a Kill. So, uh, Double Seven this time around is going to be Timothy Dalton, who he's younger, much younger than Roger Moore. He's about 40, 41 when he did this movie. Uh, the by main Bond girl. About <laughs> 20, <laughs> 20 years, yeah. His 20 years is a junior. So, uh, the main Bond girl this time, I know I'm going to absolutely probably destroy this name, but I th- believe it's Miriam Diabo as Kara Milovi. And the villain is uh, Jaron Crab as General Georgi Koskov and Joe Don Baker as Brad Whitaker. Not his uh, last time in the 007 franchise either. As we know, by the time we get to Goldeneye, he pops back up. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, we have Mr. John Rice davies as General Le- Leonid? Leonid? Leonid Pushkin. Art Malik as Cameron sure. Shaw. So we have Desmond Lewin as uh, coming back as Q. Robert Brown comes back as M. Jeffrey Keane is the Minister of Defense. This is his last time uh, playing this role. And Walter Gotel, this is his last appearance as well as General Anatole Kogel. We have Caroline Bliss. She's the new Miss Money Bunny, so she's the second actress to portray her. Yeah. And then once again, we have another Felix leader here. John Terry plays him. This is the sixth actor to portray him now. And not the last, by the way. Not the last. So what's the villain trying to do here? Supply the Soviets with weapons supplied by Brad Whitaker and get rid of his enemy, General Pushkin, by tricking Bond into killing him. Meanwhile, Whitaker is in a triangle deal with Koskov and the Mujahideen. Mujahideen? Mujahideen? Mujahideen, yeah. Mujahideen? Sorry. Where Whitaker will get valuable opium to finance operations. The plot is absolutely bonkers, but, you know, we're going to roll with it. How does Bond save the day? Bond and Pushkin fake the latter's assassination. And Bond destroys a shipment of opium that Koskov was going to buy weapons from Whitaker with. Koskov is arrested by Pushkin, and Bond kills Whitaker in one of the strangest one-on-one battles I've ever seen in my life. So, hey, Marco, what'd you think about it? I mean, it's hard to believe that this is the same movie, uh, or the same director from, like, the previous movie. Because, I mean, even though it's batshit insane, it's still a lot darker. It's more... Oh, definitely, To a point, it's a a little more serious. I mean, start you start off with the the halo drop at the beginning, which is pretty cool, but very different. And I didn't, I don't think those were common back then either for like for movies. Um, action isn't too bad. A, a lot of the fighting scenes seem a little too choreographed. Like I yeah. don't know if it's maybe Dalton getting into the character or whatnot, but uh, the action just didn't really sell it for me a lot. I think that's probably one of the main issues I have with the movie. I mean, aside from, like, the chase scenes and, like, the shootouts, uh, the actual, like, physical fights just seemed, like, too fake, I guess. No, that makes sense, yeah. Dalton himself, though, I I felt like he took on the role pretty well. He seemed, like, very, like, confident. He's a little, like, snippy, uh, a lot snippier than some of the previous Bonds, um, which, I mean, I kind of liked. He's kind of, like, more matter-of-factly and very, like, about business and... Uh, the mission, he didn't really seem, like, too distracted in this one by, like, Bond girls, per se, and stuff. I mean, yeah, he didn't take the shot for the sniper at first, but um, he had his reasons to, and he explains them later, which, I mean, <laughs> whether you take him on his word or not, you know. He's cares? like, she looked fine as fuck, because I couldn't. I was <laughs> <laughs> the, the gadgets are very much 80s, um, 
and uh, it still has a little, a little bit of racism in it. Like I, they, they, they call the boombox rocket launcher like a ghetto blaster. Now I, I cringed. I was like, yeah, was this did not age too. But well. you know what? That's not a a, a uncommon phrase for a uh, boombox, actually, though. Even yeah. in like skater culture and stuff like that, a lot of times it's still called a ghetto blaster. So, and that but was I very mean, much like, of the times like, of eighties, I think. True, but I feel like that's something more like I don't know. It felt weird that someone not American saying it. I guess I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I need to check myself. I don't know. But it just it just came up weird. No, it is uh, weird though. Regardless, the, the villains again crazy plot. Uh, even though it's more grounded than some of the other ones, it's still like it's it's batshit insane and just kind of dumb. Like he's trying to trick, you know, one guy to kill another guy. It, and yeah. too many, there's too many pieces set in place, and it just seems like, dude, this there's no way this would work. Um, I thought it was funny that the henchman Necros was killing people with the Sony Walkman. Yeah, <laughs> he was basically <laughs> like killing with a Walkman. I was like, okay. Um, I kept thinking about that too. I was like, wouldn't that snap? I don't know about you guys, but I've pulled the fucking heads, phones, the wire cables like completely off. Yeah. Uh, so like, it, huh. it, it, it teeters in between like cheesiness and seriousness. Like at, at some points you have like some serious action scenes. The next minute, you know, um, they're sliding down in a cello case, which by the way, it's back. The James vehicle is back. Is it the cello? Case? I want to see James <laughs> sliding down a cello case. That's I don't James even know. Okay, I'll one. take it. I guess. Yeah, it's, like we talked it's about hit. previously, all the cars in this movie look like shit. So it's him. Yeah, it's him, the assassin. It's or him, the would be assassin, going down the snow in the cello chase. Um, yeah, the 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 car chase is pretty cool. That's about it uh, as far as like the action goes. And the the fight scenes and the action towards the end start to get better. It's almost like the I don't know maybe some of the other scenes they were either in a rush with production or whatnot, but the earlier fight scenes in the movie just seemed kind of like shitty. Uh, the the shootout at the end, um, I'll, I won't comment on it too much, but it was, <laughs> I felt like I was watching that movie from the nineties toys where like the dude is oh, yeah. being attacked by all the random looked, toys. I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like a mixed bag, you know, it, it, it doesn't know whether it wants to be like dark or wants to be goofy. Um, it is heavy on the nudity in this one though. I was like, man, they, they went kind of hard on that. They brought it back with a passion. Fun fact, the guy who plays Felix Leader is the dad from the show Lost, the J.J. Abrams show. So, just, I pointed him out. No, I've never seen it, so yeah. Yeah, but, um, yeah, the the Afghan scenes, they were, it was it was pretty cool, but it kinda also kind of seemed kind of random. The whole drug deal thing, heroin thing, or whatever that they were moving, huh. it just seemed a little out of place. Like I said, too many pieces into, like, the villain's plot, and it just kind of seemed... A little hard to follow. I mean, I got what was going on, but I felt like it, w- it was just all over the place. Um, still, though, I, I, you know, it's it's not too bad. It was better than some of the Roger Moore ones that I've seen. So, um, pretty decent introduction to uh, the character of Bond by Timothy Dalton. What did you think, Nabil? I agree. I think it was a a solid introduction to his character. Dalton doesn't have the charisma that Roger Moore gave in his previous films um no i think dalton i mean the film was much darker than the more films that's for sure oh yeah um but i think that he just was very mild manner like he seems like a good spy but it's not very memorable especially in this this film in general i feel like isn't really memorable he's more like Um, bullish a little bit yeah a little bit yeah i would agree 
And I think that that kind of takes away from the whole, I don't know, like the mystique of Bond. Because you could see elements in the film where he's trying to be, you know, challenge Sean Connery. And then he'd say like a one-liner that's a bit more cringier than normal. And you're like, oh, that's just, just trying to be charismatic like Roger Moore. And it doesn't, you know. I, he, I will mention, though, that he says like the least amount of one-liners, though. Yes, he does. Out of anyone. You can tell they're trying to kind of get away from it. And when he yeah. does, though, Nabil, I agree, like. It doesn't seem right, right? It's like, mm-hmm. ooh, goddamn, that's not him talking. Yeah, exactly. It's like that's it just why I didn't felt seem like the movie right. didn't really have an identity. Like I didn't know what it wanted to be. Yeah, especially like the opening, right, where he's doing the training. It's a very cool scene, the the jump, and then they're they're climbing up the the cliff and everything like that. Um, I think that that's really neat. And then the whole idea of oh, uh, I guess they're all double O agents are you know getting mm-hmm. killed, and so like that's intense. What's happening? And then all of a sudden. He's in Vienna, and then you know he's going to Morocco, and he's in Afghanistan. Like all the different locales are really cool, but I I did get lost in the plot as soon as they introduced essentially uh, John Don uh, Baker. <laughs> you know the the whole triangle thing of of villainy, like that thing. I was oh, like, okay, Brad, Brad Whitaker's character. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I don't really know what's going on anymore. I thought they were he's, trying to invent something. I don't think he's a really good bad guy. That's why. Yeah. So I I don't know. I I got kind of lost in that, but um, it it was. It was a good spy film. Just the plot started waning a bit. The fight scenes were, were entertaining. Uh, the car chase scene, Marco, like you mentioned, was really fun. Um, but it did get kind of weird at the very end, especially that one-on-one battle that was going on. I, I want I want to hear James's take, so I won't go too much on, onto it. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've, it, can you be? You can't be overwhelmed. You can't be underwhelmed. It's like you know, I was whelmed. It was okay. I was whelmed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was just like you know. Just living my life and shit. But it's not like the Bond Smash Counter was under three. Also, that's very true. He didn't. He didn't uh, do much of that. This is the only Bond film where he only is with one woman, actually. Because I mean, there's a reason behind that, though. Right. Because the uh, Dalton was in the midst of the AIDS epidemic, so uh, his two films have the least amount of, uh, I guess, Bond with women, like multiple women at any given time. So it was probably a bit sad. Yeah. So that's he tried to deny it in his original interview, but then later on in the mid two thousands, he's like, "Yeah, that's exactly it." He just couldn't yeah. talk about it. So, well, what about you know? I don't. I really don't have much more to say on that. What about you, James? What do you? What yeah, you just. Think? I mean, this is like the grumpiest Bond probably out of anyone. He just seems like <laughs> he's grumpiest. just. I was trying to. I was telling people, I was like, "This is like if I was James Bond, bro. Like just fucking mad at life all the time. Like, what's your problem, man? I don't know, man. Just fucking mad." Um. I don't, I don't know. It's business. it's a really... Yeah, just living my life. Shit. Uh, it's a really boring plot. I think that's what you're going for, Bill. It's yeah. really boring. It's like... I get it. I've never liked the ending to this movie, even when I originally saw it. Um, the whole Afghan thing is just like, fuck, man. It just reminds me of Rambo 3 a little bit, too. It's like, did everybody just have to have this scene at like, this kind of... It was like, popular. I mean, it was, the, near the, fucking end, it was the topic of, of the time, too. You know, the war that was going on yeah. there. So, of course, they tried to insert that. There's just... Like, and I agree, though. There's some like really shitty, corny spots. Like, when Bond and Kara are like at the fair in like full tux and fucking dress, I'm like, what the fuck mm. is this all about, dude? I actually like that scene where uh, the dude kills his friend or the other uh, agent, too. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I mean, it's stupid. Like, the door crushed him. Holy shit, right? Oh, my God. The sliding door. <laughs> I think when I saw that so as a dumb. kid, I was like, I got to be careful around those things. <laughs> and um, Kara seems like she's a bit more, like, resourceful near the end. But she still kind of ultimately falls into that damsel in distress. So it's kind of weird because we, we, 
I mean, as much as we bitch about more stuff, at least he did have some pretty strong female uh, allies, I guess you might say. True. So that's one of those I things. Think she and epitomizes then... this movie where it's like kind of she was yeah. also a mixed bag. Where at some she's points, very forgettable. She's, yeah, yeah. At some points she's very useful, like you said. In other points, you know. And then she can't figure out how to get in the back of the plane. What? Right. She's all yelling at him and shit. I was, I literally was like, "Come on, bitch, hit the brakes a little bit. Slow down. You're going too fast. Obviously, come on. <laughs> Never play Mario Kart." <laughs> Eighty-seven. I was like, "Fuck, I gotta let her slide." Shit. Um. Yeah, I don't really have too much more to say about this one either, guys. It's, yeah, it's, it's very it's hard to elaborate. But on. once again, it is the first uh, Dalton film, right? So yeah. just like we've always talked about, usually that first film, outside of I guess a Doctor No, I guess Connery kind of just nailed it, I guess. But even with Moore, his first film was very much kind of at ends and kind of. I mean, I don't know. No one blew up from like a. a <laughs> I just keep thinking <laughs> of that fucking living let die with a ghost. Like, <laughs> it blew up. Um, <laughs> I just keep thinking about it. I'm like, God damn, it's like a balloon, man. Um, this is much more grounded, but I don't think it necessarily was one of the more enjoyable ones. Although, compared to some of the ones we watched later, it was more enjoyable. So I wish yes. probably I had paid a little more attention. But, I mean, this is the third or fourth time I've seen it, though. But um, overall, I mean, it's still a solid first effort. But I think for most people, they're, it, it hasn't aged as well, I think, compared to the next movie in the, in the list. So. Okay, and let's move on to the next Bond in, or the next Bond film in the series, License to Kill. I want you to know this is nothing personal. It's purely business. Killing me won't stop anything, Sanchez. See you in hell! <laughs> This private vendetta of yours could easily compromise Her Majesty's government. You're going after Sanchez, aren't you? Are you crazy? Make a sound, and you're dead. No! Your license to kill is revoked. Effective immediately. So this one came out in 1989. It's got a Rotten Tomato score of 77%, so just around the same neck of woods as the previous one, a little bit better actually. And the plot for this one is, after capturing a drug lord, Felix Leader is left for dead and his wife is murdered. James Bond goes rogue and seeks vengeance on those responsible as he infiltrates an organization posing as a hitman. This one is directed again by John Glenn, who did For Your Eyes Only in 81, Octopussy in 83, of you to kill in 85 in the previous movie the living daylights in 1987 so timothy dalton returns as 007 in this one he's aged 43 so still not even scratching the surface of yeah. roger moore's <laughs> ripe old age i think that was like roger moore in his first movie yeah. maybe god Close damn fuck I, I think so he might be right yeah. he was up there the main Bond girl in this one is Carrie Lowell as Pam Bouvier. The villains for this one are Robert Davi, or I'm sorry, the only villain in this one is Robert Davi as Franz Sanchez. Uh, this movie also stars Talisa Soto as Lupe Lamora, Frank McRae as Sharky, Everett McGill as Killifer, Wayne Newton as Professor Joe Butcher, a young Benicio Del Toro as Dario, Desmond Llewellyn comes back as Q, David Hedison as Felix Leader, last seen in Limit Let Die in 1973. 
and yeah, they went back with this guy. Yeah, it's weird because he's knew it's yeah. so... he's the fifth guy to play the the, uh, the role, and yeah, he was, that was odd too. yeah, it was so weird that they didn't use the guy that appeared in the last movie. They went back to an older actor. He's like sixty. He's sixty two years old, by the way. Yeah, I, I was wondering which movie it was, and so when Felix appeared in this one, I looked it up and I was like, "Oh, this is the one James was talking about, where like yeah. they randomly this bring is where back he's randomly." Yeah, like, I told you guys, I was okay. like, "Dude, it's and he's so fucking old, dude. He's getting married yeah. at sixty two. Yeah, Just I was saying. like, "Why is he way older than Bond?" Bond, yeah. So, <laughs> I was like, "Okay, is it, is that his mentor?" With uh, dude, at first I thought it was like his uncle or someone getting married. I was like, "Is this a family member?" I thought his and, parents died. Uh, well, something I should have put to note here as well, guys, is that this is the last appearance of uh, him as well before uh, until Casino Royale. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert Brown also stars as M. It's his final appearance as that character. And Carolyn Bliss comes in as Miss Money Penny. It's her final appearance too. I guess they, she only got you know the two movie deal because then they go with Pierce Brosnan and obviously they recast some people in that yeah. movie. What's the villain trying to do here? Smuggle a large shipment of cocaine into Asia by dissolving the substance in petrol, basically in gasoline. I. That's literally I, it. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna comment on that later. Yeah. Uh, how does Bond save the day? Bond destroys the refinery used to dissolve the cocaine. Bond then kills Sanchez. It's, That's it. This That's, is the I mean, this is pretty, the smallest like breakdown he's of on any a vendetta. Movie. Yeah, he's it's, this is for revenge. Um, okay, guys. Yeah, it's pretty simple and to the point. I kind of like that. So, Nabil, what did you think of License to Kill? So, not a spy film. Okay, cool. So James, <laughs> not even sure it was James Bond. Yeah. I had to double check three to four times. This. It, it's it's a revenge film. Um, his motivation yeah. uh, is Felix's wife gets murdered. Felix basically loses his leg. <laughs> so and he gets. I was dying shirt. when that happened. I, yeah, for- I was like, oh, I didn't even know like, he was going to survive. I forgot or not. Felix. It was brutal, man. I forgot he survives. I thought he died in this movie. I was like, I, dude, so too. I think he died. Like, That's oh. why he's not in the Brosnan movies. And then I was like, mm. fuck, he survived. Yep. But his wife, I was like, yikes. Yeah, that was pretty sad. And uh, James is apparently very chummy with him and the wife, and they're like best of friends. I'm like, oh, okay, everybody's like really cool. Bro, too. the kissing, you talking about the kissing? Mm-hmm. Dude, I wrote that down. I said, kind of weird. Is yeah. that a white person thing? That's what I wrote. <laughs> Does that yeah, happen? I was like, dude, is he, is he, is he going to take his, <laughs> his girl on the day of his wedding? What the fuck? I wrote, right? down, I wrote down Bond ballsy as fuck. <laughs> he don't care. I said, "Damn, his pool's times one thousand. God damn, sorry." The I mean, the opening scene was cool when when they're out chasing after um, Robert Davy uh, or and trying to go after his the villain, and they had the Bond girl uh, over there, and she's she just seems like she just wants to sleep with anybody just to, because she doesn't want to be with her guy, so she didn't really care who she was with as long as it wasn't uh, the main villain, but. Just from the definition of the plot, guys, like, yeah, there really isn't anything happening. He Bond just keeps getting him himself into a situation where he can get closer and closer. Um, and there's been many opportunities in the film where he could have gotten killed. But for some reason, they're like, no, we're going to make you suffer and put you into something else or arrest him or whatever they're doing. Um, I mean, was it was it an entertaining film? I actually did like it. I thought that the fight scenes were really well done. I think that Dalton did kind of find a little bit of his own. Still not very charismatic, but... He, he he really uh, dug in deep with the grumpiness, you know, after Felix uh, 
Felix and uh, well, his wife and uh, died and Felix was uh, injured. And rightfully so. There, he had a reason to be very angry and, you know, kind of going a little bit roguish. True. You know, um, but so that, that worked out pretty well. But I actually wrote down, uh, Marco might have a problem that a shark was used again here. This is in my notes. Oh, yeah. You goddamn right I did. Now that he knows like, the history, I'm like, we use sharks a lot in these movies, sir. It's <laughs> That's not the only thing they use a lot. I did think that the one yeah. the one scene that I thought was really interesting was the near the near the end where they're in the the factory, I don't know, so where the distribution refinery. Yeah. yeah, the refinery. Yeah. Um and he's basically being uh I don't know, he's handcuffed to the conveyor the, belt thing yeah the conveyor yeah, belt yeah i know what you're talking about yeah. and he and benicio del Charo and him are kind of fighting up over yeah. there and he just kind of lets him die and i'm like oh dude he just lets him go i was like yeah. nice. <laughs> brutal Christ. yeah so it really did get pretty dark he was like out for blood um for sure uh but i mean it, it was it was entertaining i did like a lot of the the scenes the action scenes were really good um there's there was a lot of kind of good setup but again it's just that it was a very straightforward plot and not very much a Bond film. I think it was just a decent kind of spy film. Uh, or not even a spy film. It was just a, a, like an action thriller, really. Um, and it could, you could have used that plot for kind of any film. Uh, maybe a sequel to some other 80s action film, honestly, that maybe had a more serious character. So did I like it from a Bond perspective? Not really. But was it an entertaining film? Yeah. But again, I feel like maybe that's Dalton's legacy is that it was like, Eh, you know, whatever. It's great. He did a couple Bond films, uh, but he's done other things now. What about you, James? What, what were your thoughts? Uh, first off, I don't like how they spell license here. It's the fucking European way. The, so the British version because it's a me. British film. It's ridiculous. So ultimately, <laughs> Tad takes a point off already. Uh, first movie to come out where all three of us were alive on this planet. So, hey, yay yeah. us. I just want to give you guys stats that don't make any sense about the movie. That's what I'm going through. Don't give me those eyes, Marco, you son of a bitch. <laughs> he's like, what is going on? Um, Marco's cousins, I wrote on here, are just nuts as fuck. Um, first Here's time we, name, see, first time we that we get um, Robert Davi, who I think was the bad guy in every '80s film and '90s film when they needed a Hispanic dude. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and, um, he was definitely tight. As guy. soon as you told me about him, and I saw, him, I was like, oh, I know exactly what James. I thought it was really cool. Benicia del Toro was in this one though. Uh, so I, young. Yeah, he really young, really, really young. I was like, Jesus Christ, he was hella creepy too. He was. Um, I will say that the wedding part uh, kind of gets you into the mode of like, oh, this is why this is happening, and yeah, they um, set it up good. Yeah, I think they did set it up good. I will say that it's kind of weird though when M shows up and Double Seven kind of has to like get away from him and like be like, I'm gonna go rogue. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, I was like, this is a little weird. But my I like biggest, how it wasn't how it. Like, cause I didn't, I had almost forgotten that he did go rogue, and it's kind of yeah. nice to see that they've done that before. Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. It happens in some definitely. of the movies. Oh, definitely, and I think it happens in some future films, too. I didn't like the Bond girl here at all, once again. I think uh, Pam is fucking terrible, uh, because I couldn't determine if she was the main Bond girl or fucking Lupe was. Both of them wanted uh, Dalton pretty bad, or Bond, yeah. sorry. I thought that was hilarious. The scene at the end, at the very end, when they're in the pool thing, I was just like, this is hella weird, I just, bro. I feel like they made her character very strong throughout the film, and then they, they kind of ended it with her wanting to be with Bond, and she was jealous, and I'm like... She was hella jealous when she saw him kissing Lupe. She's like, Yeah, it like made no sense. Yeah. That was super awkward. It was so weird, and then he's like, later, I was like, damn, Bond is just trying to smash right now, bro. I like that Q has a bigger role in this movie. He kind of actually helps out on the field, and 
you know, is kind of like a decoy at one point, a driver. Yeah. So that was pretty cool too. Um, for the most part, uh, the one-liners in this one were really cringy. I don't know why they kept trying to have him do one-liners. Every time he said them, I literally would like win. So I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, man, yeah. that sounds terrible. He just he just couldn't pull them off like more. Even Connery could. It's See, I thought they were him. bad until I saw the Brosnan movies. So I guess I should. These notes are once again when I only Brosnan have the dog. leans in a little too hard on mm, them, bro. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Is he? Is he? Uh, when the truck does that wheelie on the one side, I literally started laughing. I was like, "What in the actual fuck?" When he did it, I was just like, "I literally looked." There's no one in the room. I looked around like people were with me, and I was like, "Okay, all right, I guess we're gonna roll with it." I was, <laughs> like, I was like, "They teach them that at, at uh, spy school." It reminded me of when, a, uh, a yeah, I guess they teach them like, "Hey, if you're gonna pop one, just to <laughs> kind of get through some shit." They're like, "Really?" Bond did I mean, it with two cars. He had to do it with a truck. Now. He did it with the car in. Um, Diamonds are forever, remember? Yeah, in Vegas. So I was like, I guess that's it's all the same, right? Yeah, I even wrote. I literally wrote down, uh, Pam is ready to fight a bitch when Olivia <laughs> showed up. So that you know, I still like the movie though. I actually yeah. really liked um, overall the action. There's a lot of action in this one. I mean, some of it once again is campy. Like a dude literally charges double seven with the fucking swordfish at one point, and I was like, there's a little bit of Roger Moore still in these movies. See, they don't ever get rid of it fully. But for the most part, I, I liked it a lot better than Living Daylights. I thought the flow of it went, um, pacing-wise, I think, worked out a lot better, too. It's one of those films where I think if you're going to think of the two Dalton films, this is probably the one that you'd probably want to lean toward more. Um, and I just think that it's ridiculous that Felix was getting married at the age of 62. So that's about <laughs> it. What about you, Marco? I I have a very soft spot for this movie. This is actually the first Bond movie I ever saw in theaters with my family. I saw it uh, in Oakland, or maybe Alameda, one of those theaters. Two Damn! That we, no, I'm just kidding. That's cool. <laughs> yep, that's how old I am. I saw this one in theaters. Me and Naboo were still wearing time, diapers and shit around this time, probably. <clears throat> yeah, I was like five or six. Yeah. Do the math. Do the math, boys. I <laughs> <laughs> For the longest time, I, I saw this movie as the definitive Bond movie. Like I was like, this is James Bond. I had not seen any... James Bond movie part of this or had no memory of it. Marco, course, quick when, question. Did you ever see Living Daylights before this time? Actually, no. I saw License to Kill first. I didn't know about Living Daylights until after, and for the longest time I thought it was a sequel to this one and one that we just missed in the theaters. But um, I really enjoyed License to Kill. I, it's not a perfect movie, but like like I said, it saw a spot in my heart. When I was rewatching it, though, with the yeah. beginning... At first, I was like, am I watching True Lies? What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it turns into The Dark Knight Rises, where they're like, they're capturing the fucking plane midair. And I'm like, what What movie is this? I had totally forgotten about that opening sequence. It was still pretty cool up. for the time. <laughs> actually, I think I read it was either this one or the next movie. They actually had to rewrite one of the scripts, or they had to rewrite true lies or something one of those two movies had to be rewritten goal and had to be rewritten because it was too close to um yeah uh, which is true lies oh which is so weird because this one felt closer to that movie than that one but i i liked timothy dalton as bond in this one yeah he's a little grumpy he's a, like very sassy but he's a much darker character it kind of reminded me like a proto version of dan craig's james bond he was definitely more comfortable with the role. The action sequences were better too. 
And again, I don't know if that has to do with production or maybe they had more time to film, but they, they seemed more fluid and less choreographed. I actually liked the Bond theme and I liked the song by Gladys Knight. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was better than the previous. I didn't mention this, but the previous movie didn't do it for me as far as the Bond songs. You'll, you'll notice that there's a pattern for me. I either like them or I don't like them. I don't like I when like they the, tweak them too much. I didn't like the previous one. I, I didn't like this one either, actually, but... I did like the ending song, but it's not it's not even from a Bond film, so I I liked pa- it too. The, the Patty LaBelle song. <laughs> right. Yeah. I uh I really like the way it ends, actually, but I'll <laughs> more on that later. Like, the violence to cheese ratio was pretty good in this too. I thought the the violence was up to eleven. This is one of the most violent Bond movies that I've seen. Like it's yeah. it's vicious and it has to do a lot with Bond going on the vendetta because of what happened to Felix Leader. I know James thought it was funny. I only thought it was funny after watching it a couple times. The first time, I was just kind of like, holy shit, he just ripped his fucking leg off. And, and was, they actually showed it. Yeah, yeah, they did. It's just it's so random. It's just like, hey, yeah. my sharks are going to eat you. Like, is this Roger Moore? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I like the aspect of it, of Bond going rogue. I like the personal vendetta aspect of it. it it's more personable and more relatable. And I know that it, it gets done later on in the, in the next few movies, but... I still like that rather than the like super crazy off the wall missions. Some of those are good, but you do that over and over again and you got to do something different eventually. I actually didn't mind the the Bond girl at all. Uh Pam Bouvier. I thought that she was pretty well rounded. I do agree with Unibill that the whole like love triangle thing at the end, I felt that it was forced. Like oh, they so did weird. write her off way too way too strong like she was going to be like her own and stuff and it didn't make much sense to force the love into it it's almost like they forgot at the end of the movie it's like oh shit bond's supposed to end up with the chick uh someone rewrite this shit real quick and it just it's gotta it be just, one of these ones right yeah and yeah I, I think that was my main problem with her character she was almost like a full character and then like 75 percent in they're just like no we're changing her so i didn't really like the um the femme fatale in this one she was just sort of like a throwaway character i mean usually they are but she really didn't do much for this one. What, what yeah. was her name? Lupe. Yeah. And man, they, uh, they, they definitely pushed the, uh, the assault alert hard on her character. I'm like, dude, Jesus, everybody calm down. Especially um, in like the beginning, dude. Yeah. Like, Is Sanchez supposed to be Pablo Escobar? I'm assuming he's supposed to be like a stand in for Pablo kinda. Escobar. I'm assuming he's just a, so just a drug Latino. Drug yeah. Drug. I mean, Fill in the blank, Scarface. Who they knows? they really pushed the, what they knew about. Yeah, instead of pushing nukes, they pushed drugs hard in these two Bond movies. Uh, but I mean, it's it's different than just having the Russians as bad guys over and over again. Yeah, I was gonna it say finally the fresh. first one with no Russians for you, Marco. Yeah, the the drug lab scene was pretty cool. It it the base it seemed like it makes it made sense. It wasn't too like wild or anything i was like oh okay it's pretty hidden you know and you couldn't tell it's a drug lab um i i liked the fight between or the struggle between uh, benicio del toro's character and james bond again del toro was just like spot on just evil and sinister it was just kind of like creepy but he he pulled it off it was pretty cool because I, I didn't even remember him being in this movie at all not that i would have that young but still overall not a perfect movie like i said but still like a pretty solid bond movie for me and i'm personally attached to it like i said so that makes me a little biased but 
if you're like James said, if you're gonna watch Dalton James Bond movie of the two, this is the one. And uh, that's all Dalton did was just the two films. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, well, there was and, some. Uh, there's always legal issues with these movies, right. so there was a six year gap until the next one. So, and he was gonna come back for one more, but uh, they wanted him to come back for like four more, and he was like, no, he I'm wasn't good. into it. So. Yeah. And they had been trying to get him to play Bond for the longest time too. He was supposed to replace Roger Moore earlier, but he felt that he was too young every time they asked him. Yeah, and they, I mean, they wanted Pierce Brosnan even too. So, yep. Speaking of so, which, you know, it's funny. Everybody <laughs> eventually, the people they wanted, ended up getting to play Bond. And with that, we're going into Pierce Brosnan's first outing in Goldeneye. When the world is the target. 72 hours ago, a secret weapon system was detonated over Saturnia. And the threat is real. Goldeneye exists. A radiation surge that destroys everything with an electronic circuit. You can still depend on one man. I want you to find Goldeneye. Three. Find who took it. Two. And stop it. One. name's Bond. James Bond. The world's most famous secret agent is back. We aim to please. And this time, 007 is facing the ultimate enemy. The man who knows him best. Hello, James. What an unpleasant surprise. All right, GoldenEye came out in 1995 with a 78% Rotten Tomato score. Uh, the synopsis here is years after a friend and fellow double O agent is killed on a joint mission, a secret space-based weapons program known as GoldenEye is stolen. James Bond sets out to, top a, uh, to stop a Russian crime syndicate from using the weapon. This is directed by Martin Campbell, who did such great films as The Mask of Zorro, Vertical Limit, Casino Royale, and then for some reason uh, did Green Lantern and uh, basically committed uh, social suicide there with his uh, career. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was like, fuck. Yeah. Um, who's 007 in this movie? Of course, Pierce Brosnan is at a ripe age of 42. Uh, main Bond girl is Isabella Skorupko as Natalia Sim- Simonova. Uh, villains is Sean Bean as Alex Trevelyan. Um, this is where he starts his trend uh, of his future spoilers. roles. <laughs> yes, yeah, spoilers, spoilers indeed. There. Um, <laughs> also starring Famke Jans- Jensen as uh, Zinia Onatop. Joe Don Baker as Jack Wade. Desmond Llewellyn comes back as Q. Judy Dench is our new M, just the third person to portray M through the character. And uh, they make it known that she's a new person for sure. Uh, then we also have Robbie Coltrane as Valentin Zukovsky. Fucking Hagrid uh, God- himself. Hagrid Sorry, is in the film, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gottfried John as Colonel Orumov. Alan Cumming as Boris Krishenko. And Samantha Bond as the new... And the third actress to portray the role of Moneypenny. So what's the villain trying to do here? Basically, uh, they're using an EMP weapon called GoldenEye to destroy London's economy. And this is, I think, what sets the trends of all the EMP films uh, that ends yeah. up happening um, <laughs> going forward. So they really lean hard after this. Um, how does Bond save the day? Bond destroys GoldenEye by sabotaging the ground transmitter. Bond then fights Trevelyan and kills him. So let's kind of go into it because I obviously have always have a lot to say about this film. But let's get your take, James. What did you think about this film? Fantastic N64 game. So 
I think most people, even if you haven't played this or seen this game movie, I mean, you you know this. You know the game. You know this because of that. But yep. uh, this movie's fantastic. Uh, this is the only really good Pierce Brosnan film. Spoiler alert, in my yeah. opinion. So he started out really strong. I think they. There's a lot of things about how they rewrote it, but it, it was you know this was intended for adult films. So there's a lot of uh, it's really dark at times too in this movie. Um. I like the fact that that beginning sequence actually takes place in 1986, which I never knew as a kid. So it actually is taking place like a year before the living daylights, all the sequences mm-hmm. before that section. So I could still see like, you know, um, Pierce uh, Dalton kind of playing that Pierce Brosnan is a really good James Bond in this one too. Um, he has the look he has, he's really smooth. He's, he unfortunately starts some one-liners in this one, and as um, they're not as cringeworthy as the future uh, Brosnan yeah. films, but they are still kind of like, oh fuck, he's bringing yeah. them back, I guess, right? Um, he's very handsy. Yeah, he's very handsy. He's, he's got no problem one. with the ladies. No, and he's back. He's back at it too. They they bring back a lot of homages to the earlier films, especially with like Xenia uh, on the top. Like the names are back, you know. Like okay, yeah. here we go. I guess fucking name. Yeah, but I mean. I always remember this. This is one of the first. I never saw this one in theaters, though. This is still not the first one yet. Uh, this is the first original Bond film that is not based on any kind of previous writings from uh, Ian Fleming. So this is kind of, you know, Goldeneye was the name of his retreat in Jamaica. Um, I'll say that, um, yeah, just going with Marco. Yeah, it's pretty sexual harassment with Money Penny, but she kind of calls him out on in this one. So they're trying to be yes. more, like, aware of it. Um, I, why did I always think Judy Dench had a bigger role in these movies, bro? So I mean, she's, I, when I was seeing she's it, I was still, like, oh. yeah, she's still, she's just M. kind of in the beginning and the end. And that's about it. She kind of disappears. Yep. Like, okay, I guess I think she has a bigger role in the, uh, Daniel Craig movies. And that's where I'm kind of mixing these up. I think the movie is dated. There's a lot of miniatures in this one. So at least, <laughs> at least they actually look okay though. Cause there's times. <laughs> they called when, James. <laughs> yeah. They're like, I want to get these done, bro. Um, there's a lot of things where I think. I don't know, man. There's a lot of stuff where it looks bad, but I understand like they were trying to go for more realistic looks on stuff like that. Uh, Q was looking hella old in this one. I like the car. The fact that Joe Don Baker is back again as a different character was really oh, confusing. I, you know, I didn't even realize it until you <laughs> pointed it out to me, and I because I hadn't seen uh, Living Daylights, and I saw that and I was like, wait, they did it again? <laughs> he's kind of he's dude. It surprised at- the Living Daylights out of me. <laughs> oh, he's losing him too. He's kind of like the Felix for Brosnan for the kind first of, two movies, yeah. I guess, because Felix is not in these movies at all, I guess, because it's if we're following the timeline, he's one-legged and would have been close to 70 at this point, right, since he got married at 62. <laughs> I liked it all. I mean, I always felt like Trevelyan is one of the best um, villains, probably. Yeah. Uh, the fact that it's a double-O agent as well that has a background and Bond feels personally betrayed by him, it's kind of the first time we see that where he has a personal connection to the bad guys before we get to the Craig films, of course. I had forgotten about that, too. Yeah, I like that a lot. And his oh, background, I, I finally actually fucking understand it. Because when I was a kid, there's no way I understood, like, oh, he's from the family. <laughs> that was, you know what I mean? I was like, How's holy he shit. alive? Yeah, dude. Same, dude, uh, same thing. When I was a kid, I was like, oh, he got burned because Bond did the timer now. Because he, he actually put it for mm-hmm. less time when he got off and all that shit. I love that tank sequence. Still, I know it's probably the cheesiest sequence in the the, the movie, but it's fun. Always, that's very James Bond like, yeah. where he's just going through Russia, like fuck you guys, you know. Um, and yeah, I it's a solid movie. Uh, 
I think Natalia's okay as a Bond girl. She's not the strongest. Um, they have some really good surrounding characters. Like, I like Valentine, and it's cool that he does come back eventually. And um, Alan Cumming as Boris is kind of like comedic relief, I guess. And he's just over the top. But Alan Cumming is just a really good actor, period. Anything he usually is in is usually pretty good. So it's like, okay. Yeah. So, I am so. invincible. Yeah. I remember that. And uh, like I said, they must have... Uh, they, his death is pretty pretty gnarly too, man. So it's like, <laughs> holy shit! I was man. dying. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, like I said, I personal connection to this is just the video game too was a big big deal back then for me. So I think, um, but this movie is really good, and James Bond has some fantastic fucking hair in this movie. So, goddamn, it's good. Like I want that hair. It looks good, Marco. I mean, it pretty much matches Dalton's to a point. No, this is... Oh, it's better. Mm, I'm biting my lip. Sorry. <laughs> uh, what did you think, uh, Marco? I I, uh, I agree, for the most part. It's a solid Bond film. It's a nice follow-up to the, the previous movie. And, yeah, you can kind of tell that it's a, it's a bit darker tone and it was meant to sort of continue the story of that James Bond. And even with the flashback, they connected that way. The fact that Felix Leader is missing, supposedly, uh, according to like IMDb, that's why Felix isn't in this series because he's quote unquote retired after being attacked by the shark. So <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense. I can't. You know what? I can't believe it's we true. Bring, we didn't bring up Sharky, by the way, in the last uh, movie. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe oh, we didn't bring God. him up. He's re- his name's really Sharky. Like, I was like, wow. Yeah, man. They kill Sharky, man. It's fucked up. But his name's Sharky, Marco. <laughs> it's fucked up still. He's like, let it go, bro. <laughs> uh, I, I agree. Brosnan was really good as Bond. He's confident. Uh, it's all, like I said, almost a continuation of Dalton. He's much better at infiltration. You can tell that he's a very like he's supposed to be like a seasoned Bond, and it, and it kind of shows, which is pretty cool. I also like the fact that it's a it's a double O that's the bad guy. That's really cool. I'd totally forgotten about that. And yeah, even though it's used later on, it's cool to see like where the inspiration for the later movies came from, and the fact that you know this one did it first, being an original piece and all, and not one of the like original books. Although M has a really short, I guess, part in this movie. I like Judy Dent's portrayal as M. She calls Bond out on his shit and is not gonna gonna take it. She's like, she I know who you are. She literally brings up, yeah, like like you're a relic of the past and Cold War, right. and like, yeah. Is there any purpose? Which I mean, at the time when they were making this film, I think they were questioning, like, is this even gonna resonate with like audiences anymore? Because there was a right? six year gap between the films, and it was very much always, as Marco has pointed out several times, very Russian-based on every fucking thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, even the beginning is Russian-based on this one, but it makes sense because it's in the mid-'80s. But, um, yeah. yeah, M's like, chill out. But, uh, so. yeah, she basically says, like, you know, I know what you are, but, you know, you're necessary in order to, you know, protect freedoms and stuff and whatnot. I didn't like Natalia. I thought that she was very much fucking annoying the entire movie. There's also, there's no way she would have survived that attack when the fucking plane crashes there and, like, there's explosions everywhere. I'm like, dead. She's dead. No fucking way, but whatever. You don't like her screaming at him in the helicopter? Yeah, so dumb, man. <laughs> like, she's just, like, like, they didn't know how to write her character. She's she's always either, like, very calm or very, like, Hot erratic. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Zinnia on the top, oh, my God. She literally moans with pleasure 
when she kills people. Like That's it her is fucking MO, ridiculous, though, isn't it, right? Yeah, like, she gets off. But I wrote, does it, she get off? I mean, I wrote, some yeah. Stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> if like, you, she yeah. gets off by killing, basically, she's a psycho. Yeah. So yeah, uh, kind of kind of weird that they went a, there, but it, it's almost reminiscent. Of the bad guy from Skyfall, eventually, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's mm. it's kind of it's reminiscent of also like classic tropes from Bond and stuff like that. Even her name on a top, it's like okay, you know, having like a weird fucking yes. sexual name. I gave it a pass. I was still dying, was kind of shaking my head, but you know, it's a product of its time. So, I mean, if I can forget forgive all the shit from the sixties, I can forgive some of the shit from the nineties. But Marco, do you think? I I felt like it was it wasn't even like a thing for the nineties. It was literally made just to be like, hey, this is a double seven villain. Yeah, so we're gonna yeah. name oh, this yeah. shit weird. Like this is an Absolutely. homage. Like because they were coming back, they're like because the uh, Dalton ones didn't do that, so they're like, well, fuck it, we're gonna do this and throw them in one liners again. And, and then more I gadgets, thought, obviously too. And then I thought, no more foreplay. That's actually, it's a memorable line. I'll give him that. He, he was a memorable actually. Line. I will. I'm, I, I. I will admit some of his one-liners in this one are decent. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give him that much to build. The, uh, <laughs> the, the action and the, uh, the set pieces they still work. Even though you know you can tell they're miniatures and shit. It's it's still pretty cool. The the tank scene, although it goes on a little too long and is a bit ridiculous, I still enjoyed it. And fun fact, that is actually the James vehicle for this movie. The tank? I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, the little plane he jumps on at the end, in the beginning. Mm, let me get it. Kind of. Oh, I didn't give the one for the previous movie. It's the Manta Ray suit that they used to infiltrate. Actually, that's a cool one, though. Yeah. Yeah. Can I mention too before we get to the bill? <laughs> Brosnan has the most um, grunting faces in all four films I've ever seen he in does. my life. In does, every yeah. movie, he has some kind of strained face where he's gritting his teeth. And if you pause it at the right time, it's meme territory, man. It is. He, he also <laughs> likes really to bite is. the ladies. That's kind of how he he hits into it. Like he's just biting everybody's shoulder. I'm like, that's a that's an interesting move. Uh, hey man, it's like he's he, you know he's not going too hard. It's okay, a little nibble, I guess. If it's warranted, if it's unwarranted, then no, you got to ask for permission. Remember that. No, this is the night. He's still a little handsy. So. Put your shirts uh, back on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I like the the train scene. That, that train is badass. I just want to say yeah. it. Those I've fucking like old armored trains are pretty cool. Reminds me yeah. of um, the Call of Duty games or Battlefield. I like the the fight scene with 006. It's, it was really intense. The fact that he's going toe to toe with an agent that can really, you know, counter his moves and shit. I forgot about the whole betrayal and the twist. What the twist? Really? I forgot about that. So it was a it was a nice surprise for me. I was like, oh shit, that's right. It, Sean Bean doesn't pull his classic move of dying like too soon, <laughs> but he does die. Or does he? Yeah. And the CIA guy showing up at the end, I thought that was really cool. Like he just like. Tells his men, let's go, and they were surrounding like yeah, Bond and Natal at the end. I mean, it was it was kind of cool to kind of see they were there to back him up. It's like, dude, you couldn't have backed him up when he needed help. Okay, they, when, they, when, they when he went the satellite was exposed, they knew where it was at that point. They should have came yeah. out and helped. Yeah, I guess. But overall, uh, still pretty cool. I it's a solid film. Yeah, I I like it. It's still I was at first the first half I wasn't really too excited about, and then like it speeds up a little bit more and picks up like kind of the middle and um overall it's like a good bond movie yeah what do you think to bill um i mean i love this film so i still really enjoyed watching it again what you know what i really like about it is is the whole from the beginning of the film through the end there's there's always just some a lot of action happening from that opening scene and then he goes into uh 
the golden eye attacking the russian base and then you've got yeah. you know the uh, the ship being the i mean the helicopter being stolen you've got the tank you've got the train you've got um the pl- another plane crashing and he's got the big battle <laughs> scenes yeah. again. like there's always I, it just keeps going. i did have an issue with going. with the golden eye emp because that's they don't really know how an emp works uh, but yeah, i'll let it slide 90s. it's an emp it's the first time they've ever it, seen e- emps don't, don't electrocute you fyi they only you know, only affect electronics was it electric if it, if it was connor they were dying from exploding the, shit I think, the, right? no yeah, the, the two pilots were electrocuted when they Shot they were they were getting uh, fried from. The, I mean, uh, once jet, again, yeah. though, we've had how many satellite-based movies at this point? Yeah. Seventeen. Uh, not the last one either. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely not. Oh my god, not. <laughs> no. Jesus Christ! Every time they do that, I'm like, is this Diamonds Are Forever again? They just never stop. Uh, Sorry, yeah. go ahead, Nabil. They run out of ideas after a while. Um, I you know what I really like in this film is that I, I mean honestly, this is like the best Pierce Brosnan gets as Bond. Yep. Um, he gets everything right, <laughs> even with the one-liners. Like he's got the look down. He's very charismatic. He's uh, a very good fighter. At, and what what I I didn't realize until watching the other three films is that this is probably the only film where he actually has some real hand-to-hand combat. He's very heavy on the weapons. He's Do you guys like that he judo chops? Pistols. By the way, in this one, he did at the uh, in the middle of the film. Yeah, <laughs> I like that callback. Knocks her out. Yeah, he goes Sean Connery on her. Swear to God, nope. and that's a direct callback <laughs> I to Sean Connery. Yeah. I just kept thinking Austin Powers judo chop. Yeah, every time you see it in this film, that's what I just checked. Can judo I? Men- I'm going to mention one thing too, Debo. I don't mean to oh, interrupt shit. you, but uh, he- as opposed to more that didn't like to shoot guns at all, like Pierce Brosnan is literally wasting ammo. And yeah. I don't think he reloads too often, too. I'm like, this guy got an infinity ammo cheat right now. But he is literally blasting <laughs> motherfuckers with machine guns. It turns into, I wrote down on my notes, like, this is a straight up, like, turns into a 90s action film at times. Yeah, where they just don't run out of ammo ever. And well, everybody not, has the accuracy of a, of a stormtrooper. Can't hit him for yeah, shit. Yeah, really. I mean, they, they, they're they shooting at, you know, he's hiding behind a, a <laughs> fence or a gate or whatever that has openings in it. And he doesn't chain, get a scratch on, but they manage fence. to hit it. Yeah. Chain link fence. I'm like, I'm like okay. damn, bro, you can't hit him. He's like, like when he was running with her, and then he uses the belt. Like they're shooting yeah. underneath. I'm like, how could you not hit him? But he can hit them underneath. No problem. Oh yeah, ace in them, dude. <laughs> of course, dude. Double O seven. Yeah. Um, but that's that's I think one one unique thing about his character is that, and I don't know if that's maybe Pierce Brosnan's way of doing it. Maybe uh, is that he was very heavy on the weapons. He really didn't fight. I think. That was the only big fight scene was really at the end where he was going hand-to-hand with uh, Sean Bean. Yeah. But um, honestly, the rest of the films, it's pretty much all weapons heavy. And I will say um, he, he definitely has more gadgets, too. As he does, to and the, he leans in guys, onto yeah. those a bit. Yeah. Um, and Sean Bean, like we were saying earlier, I think this is where he really started that trend of dying, you know, from the fake-out <laughs> at the beginning and to the end, and then basically everything else after that. He's like... Just happens he to was die in movies everyone. before this, Nabil. He, he would never, he would not accept the script unless he dies. He's like, wait, yeah. wait, wait, where's the death scene? So I don't got to come back, right? Is there this an epilogue where I die again? Or they're like, yeah. what? <laughs> okay, well, yeah, and I mean, you know, the characters are over the top. You guys, you guys hit a lot of the marks. I think, I think, just honestly, the film is just very fun, and to me, it kind of embodies, especially now seeing all the previous Bond films. I think this has a good embodiment of all the little characteristics from the other films. Again, from from his uh, charisma to kind of the, the swag he's got, the fighting, the one-liners, the outfits. I mean, he's he goes casual to, uh, you know, he's got his, uh, obviously, his tuxedo, the different Bond girls. Um, 
and it's it's just kind of covers everything while still being able to have the playful banter with Money Penny and and I mean he of, he uh, rocks those suits really well too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean it all really works look. in this He's got film. The look. Yeah, I think I think that this film, for me at least, kind of is the perfect Bond. Um, Being I attached would, to a video game helped too, and the video the video game just made it even <laughs> more popular. Which didn't I'm come sure. out till two years after, I think. By the way, yeah. So. So, I mean, I, there, I, there's a lot of good things I think there is to say. It is still a, a Bond film. I mean, the plot is, I mean, I think it's great for what it is, but looking at it now, it may be a little little weird, a little out of date is with it's the MP dated, thing, yeah. but, you know, it's, you know, the 90s. Um, but overall, very entertaining. They're trying to do a course correction, I think, too, so they're like, hey, yeah, let's do it this way. Mm-hmm. And then they just kept falling down from that point, so. Speaking of which... James? Yeah, let's move on now to the next Pierce Brosnan film, Tomorrow Never Dies. Action stations. Aye, aye, sir. Sound the general alarm. The Chinese pilot insists we're inside their territorial waters and he will fire. An act of violence. Torpedo, torpedo, torpedo. It was an unprovoked attack on a ship in international waters. The promise of war. And instead of decisive action, all you want to do is investigate. My goal is to prevent World War III action. Now, the world has only one chance for peace. When will our ships be in position? 48 hours. And just one man for the job. Bond. <laughs> James Bond. How much do you know about Elliot Carver, WC? Worldwide media ban. Most newspapers, radio, satellite TV. There's no news. Like bad news. I understand you once had a relationship with Carver's wife. Was it something I said? How about the words, I'll be right back? So this film was released in 1997. This is a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. The IMDb description is James Bond sits out to stop a media mogul's plan to induce war between China and the UK in order to obtain exclusive global media coverage. This is directed by Roger Spottiswood, who directed Turner and Hooch in 1989 and The Sixth Day in 2000. That explains a lot. So he really had a lot of good films under his belt at this point. Yeah, actually, I mean, <laughs> I, I, there <laughs> were other ones, but I'm like, there's no way anybody knows these other movies. Uh, I, I've, the Sixth Day was pretty good when it came out. I like. Actually, it. yeah, I recall that being okay with the uh, Arnold. Uh, Pierce Brosnan is age. He's about a forty-four years old. This one, the main Bond girl is Michelle Yeoh as Wei Lin. Villain is Jonathan Price as Elliot Carver. This stars Terry Hatcher as Paris Carver. Gots Otto as Stamper. Joe Don Baker makes a return as Jack Wade. Vincent Schiavelli is Doctor Kaufman. Judy Dench returns as M. Desmond Llewellyn uh, returns as Q. And Samantha Bond is once again Money Penny. And then we get Colin Salmon as Robinson. He's kind of like a kind of like the assistant to M, I guess you might want to say. He's in the next three movies, actually. So, uh, what's the villain trying to do here? He's trying to fire a cruise missile from a sunken British warship towards Beijing and arrange a broadcasting deal with the new government. How does Bond save the day? Bond destroys Carver's stealth boat in a massive explosion, uh, destroying the missiles before they can launch. Uh, so let's start with you here, Marco. Uh, what did you think about Tomorrow Never Dies? It was a pretty good follow-up to Goldeneye. It's, I mean, obviously the quality drops a little bit, but you know, not not by much. Not not like you know, the next two movies. Yeah. It definitely has a better Bond theme. It seems a little bit more akin to the original. I didn't like it in Goldeneye. They like changed it a little too much. It has a much better Bond song too. Oh, Surprise! Yeah. By the way, I Cheryl wrote. Crow. I wrote about yeah. the Bond theme in the previous one. I said fucking terrible. 
dude right <laughs> it was turn. so bad i was like the, the opening gun barrel scene i was like what in the fuck is this i was surprised i was like man i tina turner you did better with mad max beyond thunderdome i mean that was yeah. a much better song but Jeez. whatever uh yeah i was surprised that Cheryl crow did the song i didn't know and of course you know i was hella young back then still so yeah i, I was not aware either by the way yeah, it has one of the better intros to to Bond. It's very action packed, and yeah, it's a little ridiculous, but it still holds up. <laughs> They're like, let's <laughs> let's move the action into eleven to eleven, but it's kind of cool that Bond you know steals a jet. Although it's questionable how he uh, destroyed the other one. Uh, I, the I literally wrote. <laughs> you go ahead. I'll talk about it again. <laughs> the uh, the. The quips and the one-liners are, you know, a little ridiculous in this one, but I'll I'll let it slide. Brosnan sells it again as Bond. He's more into like kind of his own. He's a little bit more lighthearted. Still smooth as fuck. Still, of course, very handsy. But um, but it works. Uh, brought like Brosnan was just actually pretty good for the role. I mean, he did he did what he could with what he had. You know, obviously, uh, the plot is fucking insane. <sighs> Like I, like I get it. Like trying to start a war between two countries. Been there, done that. We've we've done that like two or three different times already. Yes. Only of course, <laughs> instead of Russia, it's with China, and it's like, come on. I get it. It's the '90s. Cruise missiles are in because of the freaking war in the Middle East. Y'all, you know, trying to sell them cruise missiles, and no longer nukes. The Cold War is over. But whatever. Uh, I it it is kind of like akin to today where everyone's talking about like, you know, objective news, fake news and all that shit. So kind of, yeah, I kind of felt, I, I yeah. felt that was very weird how relevant and what it was to a point to today and how someone with enough money can like manipulate, manipulate the media things, and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, I totally like agree, kinda... Marco. I was like, man, this is actually, I almost feel like this movie was better because of that. Yeah. yeah. I, I liked, uh, the bond girl, uh, Michelle Yeoh as a uh, Um, it was very different. I like what the martial arts that she brought to it. Of course, she's coming from, you know, uh, crouching tiger, hidden dragon and stuff. And uh, actually, I don't know if it was out. Not yet. Not. Yet. Not, 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 it not came sure. out two years but later. It's cool. She actually did a lot of her own stunts. Um, she wanted to do a lot more, but the production couldn't allow it because of the, the insurance. And fun fact, she's actually one of the main stars in uh, Star Trek Discovery. So it was kind of cool to kind of see her in her earlier work. The Bond, the I was going to say the Bond vehicle, the James vehicle in this one is actually it's a duo. It's it's James and a Bill handcuffed to a motorcycle. <laughs> motorcycle. Oh, Being baby motorcycle going to the ghetto. <laughs> oh shit! It's uh it's kind of funny because they told both actors to kick each other off the bike or or don't let the other one drive. Yeah. And the director didn't tell the other that he spoke to them, so that's actually a real reaction, which is pretty cool. He told the same thing to Turner and Hooch. He's like, make sure one of you guys does. <laughs> He's like, I know what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, Paris Carver was useless. Uh, I understand that the actress Terry Hatcher was pregnant at the time. That's why her scenes were really short, and her character is very hollow. Um, they should have just written her out. I don't know why. Like it, it just her character just didn't. If you take her out of the movie, it doesn't change anything really. Yeah, it would have been fine like to have her if she was going throughout the film, but especially after you know she she uh, gets killed. Nothing yeah. happens. With, like, there's no callback to her. They just move on. Carver's the yeah. only villain in Bond history to have a wife, though. So, yeah. true, very true. And it's the only that time way. that Bond sleeps with someone else's wife. He usually he sleeps with the uh, single ladies. The last action 
sequence uh, on the boat was cool. Um, the practical effects still hold up. Um, I like how brutal Carver's death is too. He pretty much gets grounded up by like the same missile he used at the beginning. So I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, overall, um, it's still a pretty fun movie. It's not as strong as Goldeneye in my opinion, but still a pretty decent follow up. Yeah, I agree. Um, this one is actually better than I than I remembered. I thought this was going to be like all terrible from this point. Hmm. So, Bill, what'd you think? <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I actually like Carver as a villain. He actually comes off as kind of, kind of more grounded, I guess, with what he's doing. I mean, the plot is still r- r- ridiculous. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's one of those things where I think it works. Stamper's weird, right? God's Auto's character. Because it seems like um, he seems like he's out of place almost. Like, why does he have this German blonde hair guy? This is like right yeah. hand man. I was like, this guy. That very much uh, reminded me of the Connery films. Where um, I, he's just yeah, a gonna classic say, right? goon. I yeah. wanted to comment on him, but I want to leave room for you guys to talk. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, he, um, it it was like okay, I get it. Um, I think there's one of the best lines ever. Once again, in this movie's uh, by Money Penny. When she tells Bond that he's a cunning linguist, I was like, I like that. I'll give a laugh out loud on that one. Yeah, like, oh I'm like, God. I'll there's, let that one I was stand. Like, there's no way I knew what that meant when I saw this shit. I saw, by the way, nope. This is the first one I ever saw in theater. So uh, from this oh, point really? forward, I've seen every one of them in theater. So Waylon's okay, but she has no chemistry with Pierce Brosnan. Um, no, Michelle Yeoh. And actually, I'm gonna tell you right now, the next three Bond girls have no chemistry with Pierce Brosnan no. at all. They match him up with just people that were kind of up and coming or just very pretty looking and uh michelle yo very good at martial arts i like her in all the movies i've seen her in they just but... put her in a little too late in this movie dude she uh, she doesn't even show up until like an hour in by the way she's mm. like yeah hey, by the way i'm the person like what the fuck dude and then she's doing that spider walk down the wall at one point she's like Nyee. that was intense <laughs> I, was like, How is she doing that? I was like whoa bitch what the hell that, um, that was almost the james vehicle but it wasn't a vehicle <laughs> i like i actually uh, Terry Hatcher, right? So, like, really famous, right? And so she's in this one. She doesn't add much to it, but I think it's pretty nuts that Carver has his own wife killed. And I was like, holy shit, right? I was like, that's pretty dark. Yeah. Another dark moment I like is with Dr. Kaufman when literally Bond gets the upper hand and he's like, I think Kaufman says something like, uh, this is just like, a, you know, this is my job and blah, blah. And then I'm he's like, so is, yeah, he's like, so am I. And he shoots him in the head. I was like, holy fuck, right? <laughs> so they well, have those. When- they had those when, little moments of darkness in there. I was like, holy yeah. fuck, dude. It's because Car- Carver realized he had just sent his wife to go sleep with Bond. He was like, oh, wait, what? He's like, fuck. Right. And that's when he's like, oh, no, she's got to go. Uh, Jack Wade is wearing some weird shit at one point, too. He's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt or thing. I wrote down, what the fuck is he's Jack wearing? I was like, what the fuck, dude? Um, they resurfaced way too soon from that underwater one that bothered me, by the way. I don't know if you guys know about diving, but they would have died. Yeah, they would have gone to Ben's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, they would have fucking, like, blown up. Like, I was like, they went up way too fast. The motorcycle scene goes on way too fucking long. Like, it's a way scene, too though. fucking long. I thought long. it was pretty fun, though. But and the helicopter like, blade, though, man. Hold on, I got some things to say. They're like, hey, you know what? They're in China. Fireworks? Question mark? So they're like, of course, <laughs> right? And uh, it's funny because she's like, yeah. He's like, yo, you can handle yourself. She's like, I grew up on the streets. And I'm like, does that help you in a motorcycle chase? What the fuck does that even mean? Totally. The writing's really bad in this movie, but not as bad as the next two. So that's why I have to give this one a fucking, you know, fucking pass. And I wrote down just a casual street shower because they're just showering the streets afterwards like fucking nothing. And then I wrote down Pierce Brosnan has a lot lot of uh, chest hair. And I said, Nabil? Question mark? So 
Um, <laughs> outside of that, guys, Ugh. the stealth boat thing. I think I even think that goes on too long, dude. And, it does. And they yeah, they did a they did a, I for Marco you didn't bring up they brought up one more classic uh uh 007 trope here. Uh racism. Carver does some ninja noises or some shit to He does fucking uh, yeah. on the boat. I, yes. I can't believe you didn't call one out. So I know I wanted to I I already said too much and I was like I don't want to yeah. take too much time but yeah dude I was like oh dude that was cringeworthy. Yeah, That's even I was so like bad. you know I the only one of Asian descent here and even I was like hey asshole relax. But <laughs> Like, hey, cut that shit out, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, but I just—they had no chemistry. It just that bothered me, I think, a little bit. And they didn't—I don't know. It wasn't believable enough to the point where I was like, I don't know. That that bothered me the most was like, I don't—I feel like they could have totally had her not romantically involved with Bond, and it almost would have made the film make more sense. I thought it was okay. I I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was gonna enjoy it because I always remembered I thought this was. No, this was not the worst one. This was one of the few. <laughs> I would actually probably watch it again kind of thing. Like this and GoldenEye. Right. A decent follow-up to GoldenEye. Obviously not as good, but... And once again, M has no role in this movie. Why did I keep thinking she had more roles? Yeah, I don't not... really remember her much in this film at all. Even now, trying Just to Just the beginning, like, actually. Do? Yeah. So that's that's all I remember. Yeah, but... She's, she still does good with what she has, though. Oh, I, I like her as M. She just really didn't, you know, I, just like kind of James is saying. And maybe that's just Bernard Lee for me all the way. Just kidding. Bernard you know, you Lee can, for me You can't really way. remember what she was doing, but you feel like you can remember, you know, that she was very memorable. So Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I think but, uh, I remember yeah, I mean, her more from Daniel Craig is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's prob- that might be true. Which makes um, more sense if you think about it. Go ahead. And, you know, the one thing that I really did like about this film that I always remember is that they really used a car in this film. Oh, yeah, like, I forgot to mention, I like the gadget. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. I remember they as a kid, I was like, that's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. The garage, the car garage scene was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I the agree. Whole, that whole uh, segment. Once again, goes on too long. The jets and everything. Every, I think all those scenes go along. And I don't know if they just were trying to pad it for time or something like that. But, yeah, I mean, the motorcycle scene is very long. The boat scene is very long. This car scene. It's super long. But and I like the car Like scene, you though. said, it, took an, cool. it really took an hour for him to go essentially meet Carver, you know, into the film. Like, there was uh, all this stuff. Just I mean, we see his background stuff, Nabil. Like, we learn about Carver, like, behind him, and then eventually right. he shows up on his... I mean, you, you cut out the action sequences in half, and the movie goes from being 2.12 to, like, an hour 45. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, it's, it's very... Um, it's very well done, I think, and maybe that's I, I. I feel like the score isn't really justifiable, the fifty-seven percent, because I do think the plot is a little better, and and maybe it was a bit ahead of its time. Is that <laughs> as far is that as because of thing. of our time now, though, Nabil? You think? I I yeah. think so. I think so Nabil, too. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Because even the film, like, for for the James for a James Bond film, it's and it's it's corniness. It's still ranks relatively well in compare, you know, compared to a lot of the other things that we've seen. I think that it. it it's not, yeah, it's not Goldeneye for sure, but uh, I think it is a like you were saying, Marco, a really good sequel, um, and kind of a good outing for him. And Pierce still has kind of the same charm, but unfortunately, Pierce apparently ages much more than um, the other Bonds because you could see by each film he's just gotten older. Um, kind so of right, I can tell to, too. Yeah, yeah, you you could see that age difference. Whereas more, it took some more time until. Suddenly, it's like, oh no, he's old now. <laughs> you know? oh, the movies uh, move faster; you age faster, bro. Apparently, <laughs> I, mean, I asked mean, Daniel Craig; he wanted to slit his wrist. So, yeah, he's uh, they paid him. They all these guys got paid. 
they did get all paid. But yeah, I think also to to your point, James, about uh, Michelle Yeoh, that probably was the last time he had even a slight bit of chemistry. And like you said, that chemistry really wasn't Yeah, because for the next two, it's gone. Like Yeah, like there's nothing there. You're just here to make out with me later awkwardly. Mm-hmm. And I'm 20-something yeah. Oh, years and then, you know, the acting, is just, oh, the acting is just... And he's like double her age. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, but that's just not, uncommon, yeah. not uncommon. Not uncommon. No. Especially after... Those later more ones, I'm like, he could be his g- g- grandfather. He's like, why am I doing this film? He's like, I remember World War One. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. But, I mean, overall, you know, it, it was an enjoyable film. But uh, the what film was not as uh, enjoyable as I remembered it was his third film, The World Is Not Enough. As the countdown begins to the 21st century... It's good to know there is still one number you can always count on. Bond. Bond. Can't you just say hello like a normal person? Renard is behind this. He will die along with everyone in the city. We do not negotiate with terrorists. His only goal is chaos. I sent 009 to kill Renard. He put a bullet in his head. That bullet's still there. He feels no pain. He can push himself harder, longer than any normal man. No hard feelings, Mr. Bond. It appears that you have been beaten. Don't make this personal. I can't do that. I just can't help thinking I'm next. New model. The very latest in interceptions and countermeasures. And six beverage cup holders. So this film came out in 1999 with a 52% Rotten Tomato score. James Bond uncovers a nuclear plot while protecting an oil heiress from her former kidnapper, an international terrorist who can't feel pain. Directed by Michael Apted, he uh, also directed Enough. The Chronicles of Narnia, uh, The Voyager of the Dawn Treader, the one that single-handedly ended the uh, franchise. I only put that, that um, in because I saw that with uh, Mikey and Nabil, and all three of us fell asleep at the same asleep. time. Yeah, we woke up so near bad. the end, and we were like, oh my god, what happened? They couldn't even finish the rest of the books because of that film. Yep, the, so Those bad. credits explain a lot about this movie. Yeah, I mean... I think enough uh, was okay, though. The Halle Berry For one. the time. Yeah. yeah, I think that was... A, mm. was no, a no was it Halle Berry? No, it was J-Lo, I think. It was J-Lo. Oh, shit, yeah. you're right. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I obviously don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, so who's double seven? It's Pierce. Uh, Pierce Brosnan is 46 now, and he looks it. Uh, the, the main <laughs> he does look like well, he looks a little older to be honest. But uh, the main Bond girl, unfortunately, is Denise Richards as Doctor Christmas Jones. <clears throat> sure, the gimmicky name. Sure, whatever. Um, I mean, she was born on Christmas. She's like she's heard it all, guys. She knows all the jokes. Cool. I know. Don't know need to say it. Uh, <laughs> villains are Sophie Marceau as Electric King. What a twist. And uh, Robert Carlyle <laughs> as Victor Renard Zokas. Also starring Robbie Coltrane as Valentin Zukovsky. He comes back. Hagrid? Um, Sorry. Dench. Every time I gotta say it. <laughs> <laughs> Returns oh, to Who has a bigger it role in this a... film? They both yeah. do, actually. Uh, Desmond Llewellyn as uh, Q, and it is his final appearance. Yeah. John Cleese comes in as R, which is just a funny joke. Um... Samantha Bond comes back as Moneypenny. Colin Salmon returns as Robinson. Uh, we also have Goldie as Bull. And Serena Scott Thomas as Dr. Molly Warmflash. Which Just I wanted to include realize. that. Yep. Yeah, oh. I did not realize that was okay. mm-hmm. Um So what's the villain trying to do here? Electra King is trying to gain a monopoly on crude oil by creating a nuclear meltdown in Istanbul with the help from Renard. Uh, and I just want to say for the record, 
I didn't understand this plot when I was younger. And uh, when I saw it again, I was like, this is super convoluted. And it took forever to get to that point. Because it's yeah, dumb, that. Nabil. That's why. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't know her plot until like the last 30 film, minutes of the film. But uh, We go from solar power in the 70s to crude oil in right. the 90s. I'm like, okay. I'll take Francisco Caramanga anytime. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Of the time guy. Right? <laughs> Uh, so how does Bond save the day? Bond kills Elektra and Renard before they can overload the submarine's reactor, thus preventing the destruction of Istanbul. My original thing was like four sentences long. I made it smaller, Nabil. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now. I literally deleted like three times. Like, how can I just make this end quicker? It's it's <laughs> just so... She, there's a lot of plot points, and then you really get to the heart of it again right at the end of it, and like, oh, okay, you could have explained that earlier. Uh, anyways, James, what were your thoughts on this film? I hated this movie. This is the worst James Bond film out of every one of them we've seen. I'd rather watch uh, View to a Kill ten times more, or Octopussy, or even that confusing, uh, confusing ass nineteen eighty one one, um, fucking uh, for your eyes only than this movie. Yeah, the 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 remake to uh, <laughs> Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> yeah, I don't even give a shit, yeah. dude. This movie is so bad, I can't believe. Like, I don't know. I used to like this movie as a kid. But I probably was just in it for the action sequences, you know? So, like, this is the first movie also where I really noticed that the effects are just getting really bad. I'm like, fuck, it's 1999. This same year, fucking uh, Phantom Menace came out, bro. Like, there's a scene where the torpedoes are coming through and um, mm. for the extended boat scene, which takes way too fucking long, by the way. I was like, good God, are we, is this, what's, and the, one of the worst intros I've ever seen for an opening Bond one. I was like, I wrote down, is this a Windows 98 fucking screensaver I'm looking at? What's going on here, dude? <laughs> um, John Cleese, but this, I but mean. you know, that song yeah. wasn't too bad, though. I like, you know, no. Garbage played it, which nope. is, I thought was pretty cool. I thought it was too yeah, I No, I liked it, too. I didn't yeah. know it was garbage, either. I was like, oh, wow. It's not dude, bad. I was two seconds away from hanging myself. I, I'm not even fucking lying, <laughs> guys. How <laughs> Marco felt near the me. end of the Moore films, I was like, I don't, I was like, oh, my God. These are so bad. Um, you didn't like the new Bond tapered haircut? With like that '90s no. fade. That actually, I mean, I was like my haircut basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the one-liners in this one are so fucking bad, dude. Um, I wrote down skiing. Of course, there's a skiing scene. I said Marco's gonna love this because Marco has brought up the fact that it's skiing. Yep. Um, yeah. it's like he has these specific fucking gadgets, like the jacket that blows up to like survive an avalanche. I guess I'm like, how convenient. What about this one, right? Uh, Electra King is annoying as fuck, I wrote, too. I just cannot fucking... I just couldn't... Ah, man, it was so obvious she's the bad guy this time around. Early on, I'm like, oh, God, she's a bad guy. Like, she is the bad guy. Some people say that um, Renard's a bad guy, but no, Renard's the goon, basically. He's the goon, really. Renard was a ploy for her, too. The whole thing was... Yeah, she's playing him, too. She was actually manipulated by him. Uh, It takes 50 minutes into the film before we see Renard, by the way. Just to give a heads up. Um, but he's talked about throughout the film, like you know this guy. Yeah, they even bring up double nine shot him in the head. I like. I mm-hmm. always. I will say that they actually. I always like when they do that when they mention other double. Like, that's, yeah. that's cool. that's cool. There's other people. Um, Christmas Jones. I mean, she's not. Uh, truthfully, she's not the worst Bond, but she's just there just to be there. I was actually confused on what the fuck she, she was. Did. Way more annoying than Electra for me, though. She, oh, but I mean, hands down, dude. Well, I mean, but the thing is, her Electra's lines were main... cringeworthy. Oh yeah, she's overacting. She's not a good actress, but I mean, she's, she's not, not the worst Bond, uh, Bond girl though. We've seen every Bond girl at this point. That's why. 
Um, when she's, oh my God, when she's like, he's an imposter. I'm like, is she, I could have is she reading her like her lines? So I mean, that's just down to bad acting though. I'm still not, I'm not going to rag her like everybody else does on the internet. I'm like, there's two big reasons I like her. I mean, it's so random. Like there's just pots, like Renard's holding plutonium barehanded. And I was like, what the fuck is they doing right now? It's fine. You can't feel anything. Um, Emma's in it a bit more, but once again, why? I'm like, she doesn't really add anything to the plot when they're like, now I have M. Like, okay, cool. Bond literally first time she gets kidnapped while though. fucking yeah. running up the fucking stairs, shoots her thing like later, bitch, and then he keeps running. I'm like, okay, I guess that was it. The submarine scene goes on too long too. I'm like, god damn, how long have they been in the submarine at the end? I'm like, but I probably was really just kind of like, can we just end this thing already? You know. Um, and it's crazy because the guy that plays Renard is fucking a uh, really good fucking actor. That's why. Uh, yeah. Robert Carlyle from um, Train Spotting and shit. I'm like, damn, yeah. this guy totally like took away every ounce of fucking any enthusiasm he has in any other film, and basically was like, okay, that's I'll just the, be this just... boring ass guy, I guess. So, and I think a lot of it has to do just the writing, though. To be honest, oh, uh, definitely, dude. Maybe definitely, the direction a little definitely bit, that yeah. the script was terrible. Um, yeah, this is a terrible movie. So yeah, yeah. What What about you, Marco? What were your thoughts on this? I uh, I mean. I, I agree with James that it's a horrible movie. I'm not too hard on this one, though, because the next one was a fucking struggle. It took me... <sighs> I'll just wait till we get to the next one. This one was not too, too bad. And I think, like, the action sequences make up for it. I mean, it's not as bad as some of the CGI in the next movie. Like, some of this still, to a point, sort of holds up. It's still borderline cheese. Like we're getting into like that Roger Moore cheesy shit. Like the whole like, especially the I agree the, the the snow scene with him blowing up the jack and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, oh shit. Did you like did, it though? I'm like, did, did this switch to a Roger Moore movie, bro? I, <laughs> and I no. thought of the uh, beginning of Living Let Die when he just had that convenient like iceberg <laughs> submarine. Like, hey, let's get <laughs> yeah. out of here. I was like, and uh, no, that's not the that's not the James vehicle. The James vehicle for this one is uh, driving a boat on the street. You know what? When I was a kid, and I, even now, I still think that boat is pretty cool. I it's thought you were that, gonna say the little cart that, the tunnel thing. No, where you swing, <laughs> swing from the chains. That <laughs> included that too. Jesus Christ, Marco! Oh shit! Uh, yeah. Um, I didn't mind Electra too much. I'm like Electra Nachos from Daredevil. What the fuck? Uh, it's it's obvious that Almost, she's the right. bad guy. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I didn't see it, and even now, I was just I was like, so I think she's the bad guy. If I, I remember so correctly, stupid as a kid, bro. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It, it's not her. I don't like. It's her motivations. I'm like, so basically, like your motivation is because your dad left you to die, and and M basically. Because they don't negotiate with terrorists, which I get it, but it's not. But it wasn't convincing people. enough. Yeah, she, but she, yeah. yeah, but she but also I, got I like Stockholm how syndrome, she, right? Supposedly, supposedly that that was. I didn't like that because that took like if they're if you're gonna give her power and you're gonna make her this powerful figure, the whole Stockholm syndrome thing takes that away from her. So again, another yeah. character where they're wishy washy and they don't know where to go. They should have just gone like full hard, where she was just like she was always evil. She's a sociopath, you know. The way she seduces Bond and tricks him, I like that because it's a flip on itself where Bond's like, oh, shit, wait, you're, I, I thought I was seducing you, seduced me. I, I did like that. That was a little different than some of the other Bond movies. Still, like, her motivation sucked. Yeah. Not as bad as Denise Richards, though. Like, she, she didn't even belong in this movie. You no. could have put someone else in, the, in, in that role. She didn't even need to be in it at all, yeah. Is she yeah, literally like, just hanging out because she's the only one that could, quote, unquote, disarm the bomb? 
Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Fun fact, I only like her in one movie, and that's because the entire movie is shit, but it's still fun, and that's Starship Troopers. And even then, she's really annoying. She just can't <laughs> act to save her life, man. She can, dude. She's she, nothing she, but eye candy. She purely, it's annoying. Purely because she was a model and... Yeah. Robert Carlyle was good in this. I, I love Robert Carlyle. He's, Did he's you right, like him dude, as an amazing actor? No, he wasn't used as much. And you're right. Like, he didn't pop up until, like, more than halfway into the movie, and... He just turned out just to be a goon. It was cool that, you know, he didn't feel pain or anything. I mean, the science of that is completely bullshit, bullshit but yeah. whatever. They should have like, um, made it a bigger part of the movie then. Yeah. It, it Like, they were, they spent too much time with, like, the bodyguard Davidoff. And it's like, Bond kills him like it's nothing. He yeah. just shows up and boom, shoots him. I'm like, uh, okay. You should have just replaced him with freaking uh, Renard the whole time. <laughs> yeah. the The tunnel sequence, that takes way too long. Like you yeah, cut that dude. shit in half, and like the movie's like an hour and a half. I'm exaggerating, but still, no, that, like no, that whole not. sequence took way like, too fucking long. <laughs> and I was banging my head like against the wall, like just is this over? I was so tempted to fast forward that scene. It's like no one would ever know if I fast forwarded the scene. But um, you know, I, I toughed it out. Um, Istanbul was cool to you know they made a return to to that area again because it came out in other Bond in another Bond movie, so. As Russia opposed to love, always actually, having, yeah. yeah, exactly. As opposed to always having Russia, quote unquote, Russia as a fucking location. Um, the helicopters with the saws was ridiculous. I was like, what I hate the that fuck? whole sequence, dude. I was like, oh my god, like I get it, it it, it cuts things, but it it went on too long. Yeah, I agree with James. The sub the submarine scene, submarines again. Here we go. It goes on way too yeah. long. <laughs> Um, never, but I never, even though it's, never seen this in a Bond film, what is this all about? <laughs> even though it's it's cheesy, I do like the way that Bond says the family motto. You know, the world is not That's enough. I, I, I like it. Oh, okay, I like cool. that it was a callback. That a the guy's like, oh, it's, a, yeah, it's uh, your yeah. family motto. He says yeah. it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. A little reference. Uh, the way uh, Bond kills Electra was pretty savage, though. I did like that. So. Yeah. It made up for the fact that the fight with Renard was very subpar. I'm like, here's a dude that doesn't feel pain. Let's see this fight go on. And it's like, it lasts like three seconds. Like, I'm like, that's it? Never mind. He feels pain. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and then he, kill, you know, he impales him. And that's it. Um, yeah. Overall, it's the movie's a mess. It, it really relies heavily on just the action sequences and the fighting, which was pretty cool, but not as good as the previous two movies. It gets, it, you're really border lining on on cheesiness here so yeah um i didn't i mean i i don't hate it as much as james but i do agree it's it's a pretty shitty movie you just turn off your brain and have fun like this is one where you get drunk with friends and just like make fun of it the whole time and just riff on it yeah you know my i think my favorite scene in this film is (laughs) when they're underground and they're you know, he's trying to go and he meets Renard for the first, I think it was the first meeting he of actually seeing Renard face to face when he's going undercover. And, um, <laughs> that whole action sequence when they're going in and he's trying to chase after him. I thought that was really cool. And then when the bomb was exploding and he's trying to get out really quick on the change, that was a pretty cool stunt too. Um, and then that's the, a highlight the second of the James vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> the I was like, my favorite uh, scene was when the credits rolled up. <laughs> yeah. So actually, no. You know, my I favorite scenes were in Q says bye to him, even though he didn't know that he was gonna die. So yeah, it was Q's last yeah. appearance, and that was pretty sad. And they tried. Yeah, he to, died they in were the car. Definitely gonna replace yeah, him yeah. anyways. No, they were not. I, I, they were not gonna replace what? him. Q was already set to be in the next few movies, apparently, but he so tragically died after a book signing. Uh, I 
three weeks after the movie came out. Oh, damn, that's sad. Wow. I, I, w- I didn't mention this, but I do like that Pierce Brosnan so far that I've seen is the only Bond that made Q laugh, and I like that. He even made him laugh in this last appearance. He made him chuckle a little. And I, I think Roger was- Moore makes him laugh, too, just because they're the same age. No. <laughs> I didn't notice. <laughs> I think he does. I swear to God. I'm pretty sure he's like, okay. <laughs> but, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that. Uh, you guys have pretty much said everything you need to say about this film. There really isn't much going on in it. The plot was, I guess, different in some aspects as far as they were trying to have the the Bond girl become the bad girl, um, which is yeah. being the villain. Um, that was a little different. But overall, like, it's it, it's just not good. <laughs> okay. And on to the final Bond movie in this series, Die Another Day. Your freedom came at too high a price. The mission was compromised. The same person who set me up then has just set me up again. So I'm going after him. Got your attention. Tell me what you know of James Bond. He'll light the fuse on any explosive situation. Show me the diamonds. Don't blow it all at once. What happened to you? and be a danger to himself and others. I'm going to let him mix things up a little. My friends call me Jinx. My friends call me James Bond. Wow, now there's a mouthful. Who sent you? Your mama. So this movie came out in 2002. It's got a very quote-unquote awesome Rotten Tomato score of 57%. And the plot for this one is... James Bond is sent to investigate the connection between a North Korean terrorist and a diamond mogul who is funding the development of an international space weapon. Sure, this one's directed by Lee Tamahori, who directed Along Came a Spider in 2001, Triple X, State of the Union in 2005, and Next in 2007. I think I've only seen one of these, and that's Along Came a Spider, and I don't even remember that one. So who's James Bond at this one? Surprise, Pierce Brosnan is back, and he's pushing 49. Still not as old as Roger Moore. like pushing 60 for the look of it, though. (laughs) I mean, I could see the liver spots on his head. I could, too. I was like, man, he's 49. (laughs) I had a check. I was like, is he fit? Oh, fuck, he's 49? Yeah. He didn't need to. Bill could see it without that 4K, too. That says something. Unless you guys rented 4K. (laughs) I, I did not. The main Bond girl here is Halle Berry as Jinx Johnson. God damn it. A fucking name. It's a cool name, though. Jinx. No. Why? Because she was born on Friday the 13th? That's so stupid. It's not an unlucky number, people. Jesus. Get your head out of your ass. Not you, Nabil. (laughs) The villains for this one are Toby Stevens and William Lee as Gustav Graves and Colonel Moon. This also stars Rosamund Pike as Miranda Frost. Which, fun fact, this is actually her first role ever in a major motion she picture. She never ages, apparently, because she looks tell. the same. I know, right? Uh, Rick Yoon as Zhao. Judy Dench, coming back as M. Uh, John Cleese, who is the new Q. And he is the second actor to portray the role, but uh, this is his last one appearance. and only appearance. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, John Cleese. He had a cameo in the last one, but yeah. that didn't really count. <laughs> uh, Michael Madsen comes in for like a really short cameo not, role not as Damien sure. Falco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like I forgot about this dude. Or something, yeah. 
I was like, am I watching Tarantino? What's going on here? Is he supposed to be a person? I thought I fell asleep. And I was like, oh, I'm watching a different movie. Nope, it's the Bond movie. Uh, Also stars Kenneth Sang as General Moon, Lawrence McQuarrie as Mr. Kill, and Samantha Bond as Miss Moneypenny, her final appearance, and Colin Salmon as Charles Robinson, his final appearance too, which, fun fact, I didn't mention this, but Colin Salmon also is in the first couple seasons of the CW show Arrow. He plays uh, the stepfather. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yep, Fuck, him. I forgot. I thought you were going to be, he's in Resident Evil 1. I'm like, yep, he sure is. <laughs> Shit, is he? <laughs> yep. I didn't even know that. Uh, what's the villain trying to do here? Uh, I'm not making this up. He, uh, use the sun-enhancing satellite Icarus to cut a path through the Korean, Korean demilitarized zone, provoking a war between North and South Korea. How does Bond save the day? Icarus is rendered harmless when Bond destroys the control device and kills Graves. Pretty fucking wild here <sighs> yeah so nabil what did you think of this shit show i remember loving the uh song dying the other day from madonna when it first came out i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i did too actually it was very oh catchy. no this one like, sucked hey, so listen to the song all the yeah. time it doesn't hold very well now no, but um yeah yeah no. back then i was just rocking that shit that's the highlight of the film i mean I remember liking it when I saw it in the theaters. To be honest, I thought it was a good film, but re-watching I'm like, why did I ever like this movie? So, first of all, it's early 2000s, so they started using a lot of computer graphics. And as James said, in 99, we had Phantom Menace, so that, you know they had some state-of-the-art graphics. But apparently nobody had the budget for it because it looked terrible. It yeah, was I was going to say, Bill, <laughs> yeah. we watched the same movie. I mean, this came out the graphic. same time as Clone, uh, Attack of the Clones, Clone Wars, by the way. Attack so. of the Clones, yeah. It Think about that. Bad. Bad graphics everywhere. And they use it heavy. There was not a lot of practical effects anymore um, for some reason, I guess, it, you know, of the times. But what I really, and I was telling James this earlier, what I really noticed, which really bo- I never noticed it before and really bothered the hell out of me, is that they were doing these Matrix slow motion shots oh, in God, the weirdest so times. I will say the only scene that I did enjoy in this movie was the opening scene. where the he, scene, uh, No, no, no. <laughs> Holy not fuck. the surface. The hovercrafts. No. The scene where yeah, the hovercrafts. I thought that was pretty cool. A good chase sequence. A Which really they good proved battle. on uh, MythBusters actually works. By the way, it can actually go over mines and not explode. M- maybe. That's pretty cool. They um, did on MythBusters, then, so I'll take it. Those guys. No, yeah, no. They said it's it's plausible, but yeah, not 100. percent right. Yeah, I mean, I'll, and then you know the idea of him being tortured. You know, this is the first time you actually saw this where he's being tortured and and having to not share secrets and being essentially you've seen in all the films where he does a lot of crazy shit never is captured maybe that's why he's able to you know not break any laws doesn't drop a pound though in 14 months no he's i mean you know sorry i had to mention your metabolism slows down bro he he comes back fully like i was like he looks like he's ready to fight today like this guy should look fucking haggard I mean, he had a beard. And long hair. hair. My bad, sorry. So that means I'm sorry to Bill. Okay, I'll let it pass. No, but I mean, you know, they go into that and then he becomes, you know, under lockdown and then escapes and everybody's okay with it because he's got (laughs) the inside (laughs) scoop on this thing. He goes rogue, actually, technically. Yeah, he goes, I mean, he He goes rogue. rogue. And it's just like, okay, guys, so we're just no repercussions for what he does. He's going to do what he needs to do. He's out for revenge. And then they go to the, what, what, he goes and fences with graves um, at the club and then essentially destroys the club and like, 
They're white in the bill. They're allowed to, okay? <laughs> what, what are you getting at? What are you getting at, bro? I don't know what to say about some of these things, like where they were trying to go. They're like, I feel like somebody just looked at it and said, oh, it'd be great if he was at a club and fencing, and then they got into a real sword fight. You know what else would be awesome right now? Ice sculptures. Out of nowhere. Let's put him in an ice palace and then see what happens over here. And, oh, let's just blow it up, and then... This car can turn invisible, so let's just make oh, sure that terrible. nobody can see. Like, cool car. Just, I'll say cool car, but... Cool, I mean, the, the freaking Vanquish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beautiful uh, car. Fun fact is that um, I read that Pierce Brosnan uh, got the car. He was trying to get it, and they eventually did give it to him, even though Aston Martin was really against it, because mm-hmm. um, it was a one-of-a-kind. And uh, it got burned up in a fire. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, Fuck. Yeah, he lost the car. <laughs> like, That's why we don't give a shit to Jeez. people, you fucking asshole. He was very, he was very upset. Billy, you didn't like how it turned into a Fast and Furious movie at the end? I literally wrote that, bro. <laughs> yeah. I literally wrote that on my notes. Turn 007 and uh, I said 007 versus Al. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> equals Fast and Furious. I was like, wow, yeah. what the fuck is going on? Yeah, that was kind of weird. Just drift. They were drifting, by the way. So it's Tokyo Drift specifically. Not even, um, damn, bro. It's 2002, homie. They don't know what drifting is yet. It was, hey, ahead of the times. <laughs> <laughs> but um, there's there's some other things that I want I want to mention, but I'm gonna let James say it because I feel like he's got a very more uh, interesting take on it. So uh, James, what were your further thoughts of this film? Uh, this movie's absolutely terrible. It, they don't even hide the fact they're using green screen a lot. Like that scene where Bond escapes and he pops up on the ladder, it's so like a green screen city behind him. Oh, I'm like, so fuck, bad. they're on a studio. Bad. I'm like, why the fuck are they doing this? And I mean, which is because I mean, I want to. I don't know if Tomorrow Never Dies was, but Goldeneye was shot with film, so that's why I think I like the yeah. look of that overall. This one just hasn't aged well. They try to do like a lot of homages to things like Jinx coming out of the water. looks like Honey Rider from the very first uh, Dr. No, which, yeah. I mean, you get it. Like, okay, I get it. Uh, she's really annoying. Halle Berry, I can't stand her in this one, too. I don't think Halle Berry can act for shit, either. Um, she's won an Oscar, bro. She, so, John Wick 3. I like her in that. I mean, she doesn't got to talk a lot about John Wick 3, either. That's why. So, I think it, it works out. I think the fact in this movie that... It takes so long to get to the point of what's going on by the end of it all, you know? And it's like, what the fuck is the point of this? And then they finally reveal why they're using the... Um, um, sorry, I, I forgot what the name... I was, I was going to say one of the... Icarus. Icarus, Goldeneye. What is this thing called again? The fucking satellite beam with diamonds are forever? What is it? Yeah, diamonds are forever. <laughs> uh, Gustav Graves, it's funny because I actually really like Toby Stevens. He's in one of my favorite shows, uh, probably top five, like... Black Cells, he's really good in that one. And you can tell he was a very young actor when this one came out because uh, he's not good in this one at all. <laughs> Rosamund Pike, you can tell this is her first movie too because she's literally reading her lines with no... F- she yeah. do- Did she blink in some of her scenes? I was waiting. I was doing staring contest. I'm like, this bitch just won again. I'm like, fuck, man. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, dude. And this is the movie, guys. This is the one I've been telling you guys about since the beginning. Yeah. The fucking jetpacks there. Mm. Did you like that? Also, Marco, did you notice your alligator suit boat was sitting there too? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. Yeah, everything's a payoff. This, yeah, everything. this is the one movie the sh- that the shows shoe. you the that... shoe with the knife too. Yeah, shoe with the knife. That's from Doctor yeah, No, right? Or from Russia with Love. The suitcase. Uh, and he literally is like, oh, this is this is jetpack still wearing. This this shows you it's the same James Bond from the beginning. Yeah. This is the only yeah. movie that really connects them all in a way, other than the pretty obvious ones where they're at like Tracy's grave or some shit. But yeah, I love that scene. That's the only. That's the, my favorite scene in the whole movie is uh, the fact that Q and I, I actually like John Cleese's Q in this one. It, it seems like if they had more movies, they would have developed more of a 
closer relationship and more of the banter between each other, you know? The Ice Palace is super cheesy. I'm totally with you on that, Nabil. The satellite effects have not aged well either. It's probably... I can't believe they look that bad. I'm like, how the fuck are the movies from the 60s and 70s look better than this? You know? At least those were like, okay, I believe those. This one looks... Oh, my God. I was like, what the fuck? The surfing scene in the beginning is terrible, but it doesn't match up to the hang gliding slash surfing scene, which I, this is the movie when I saw it in theaters, I even remember my dad and I were like, this looks fucking terrible in like 2002. This is 18 years ago. And I still remember us leaving and like, man, that was bad. And I almost feel like that's the scene where the producers were like, we gotta, we gotta rethink this fucking thing, man. Cause when the, when the sled thing slams against the ice wall, I was telling the bill. Yeah. That is the worst CG. It even slows down. Did you notice that? Mm-hmm. Yep. I was like, did the frame rate drop on this? What the hell is going on? And it, I was like, oh my god, is this fucking real, bro? Uh, Frost betraying him. I thought that was super obvious. I'm like, obviously. They try to throw you off a little bit when they're like, hey, now she's working with them. Look, it's cool, right? She's part of the thing. I don't know how Jinx survived that thing where Frost was... Was that CPR, guys? Was that how you do CPR? You just kind of push a little bit? Kind of. On the booby and you just bring them back. Wow. That is not how you do CPR. Bro, I thought you just bring them into hot water and just kiss their mouth a little bit and they're like, let me come back. And then uh, I'll leave the rest for Marco here because I don't want to go too long. But um, last two things. Um, he fights Iron Man at the end. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. I he mean, did, sorry, what movie am I watching again? Which seems so weird to me that he was thought in the suit. I forgot about the suit. I'm like, the oh, electrical okay. effects look terrible. <laughs> yeah. I can't, dude, you know what I kept thinking of? <laughs> they added those electrical effects, right? So the actors were literally pretending they were getting shocked. I was thinking I was the same like, thing. This must have been hilarious looking on set. Uh, the laser sequence with Mr. Kill is terrible looking too. I was like, oh my. I forgot about that sequence. I was like, what the fuck is this? Uh, Frost is wearing some weird shit at the very end. I don't know what she's wearing. She has that black, like, <laughs> It's like, is she in her fucking pajamas? Bro, I what wrote, the what fuck? the fuck is Frost wearing? And then once again, I'm going to go off yours, uh, Nabil. I don't know why Michael Mann's in this movie. He literally doesn't need to be in this movie. He Was he supposed to be another Felix Leader kind of guy? I, that's kind of what I was thinking. Was like, oh, we're, we just need to bring the Why didn't they just bring Felix back? Like, at this point, like, stop trying to add fucking CIA guys that or freaking don't bring, add to what's these. what's his name back? Uh, we'll Jack Wade. Film, so. Or bring Jack Wade yeah. back. Fuck it. Would have been fine. Like, he got a promotion. Now he's like, now I got to. Just give Charles Robinson a bigger role. Actually, maybe. But he wasn't part yeah, of the Americans. Yeah. He's part of, like, their crew, MI6. True. So. Yeah, true. And uh, well, I take it back. One last thing: too, the money penny thing with the three D glasses, and it was fucking stupid. That was cheesy. It just shows you. I was like, damn, she's just a horn dog. I guess. I guess they're just going with this again. Yep. So yep, that's it. What about you, Marco? I mean, yeah, this movie shouldn't fucking exist. It's fucking trash, man. This this one was rough to watch. This movie is trash. It's it's not redeemable at all, with the exception of I'll agree with you, James. That that scene where they're showing all the gadgets from the previous films that was pretty cool. But here's the question, and, uh, Marco: Is it only because it made us remember the old ones, and we're like, those were the better days? Oh yeah, yeah. And it was that, and in the sentimental moment, because it was all of the things that the original Q had, had given Bond, yeah, for, had like given Bond. Too. Yeah, uh, the Bond theme sucks. The Madonna song is fucking trash i'm like what is this uh, the... <laughs> you 
so dumb. Yeah, the the CGI sticks out like a sore thumb. The surfing shit was stupid. The whole like North Korea scene at the beginning it goes on way too long. Fun fact: the James vehicle for this one is the hovercraft. Is it the hovercraft. I, I thought you were going to do the that hovercraft or the fucking hang and the switchblade gliders. <laughs> hang, I, I would say the hang gliders. Jesus Christ. Bro, that CG oh, like, so this bad. Is so stupid. By the way, Pierce Brosnan has stated that this is his uh, least favorite one, and also yeah. he did not enjoy making this movie. And you can yeah. tell. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I can definitely tell. The villain is dumb. Uh, both of them. Like oh, I dude. just, the whole plot and everything is just all over the place. It's too batshit, man. Like. <sighs> <laughs> it's way too convoluted, and it, it's it, it's not even the fact that it's over the top. It's just not even executed that well. And yeah, Icarus is just another fucking laser in space, and they try to fucking blow it up with one missile, and they're like, oh, no, we can't blow it up. I'm like, then just launch more than one missile at it. Yeah, it only aims and, at one direction, guys, just to let you know. Yeah. I and it like, takes okay, a while to charge up, stop. by the way, right? Yeah. I'm like, uh, okay, just nuke it, man. Apparently they can. Easy. It's it's got autopilot, so it just you know blasts out anything. He literally about. says, "Turn it on autopilot." I was like, "Wait, yeah. that was a possibility." <sighs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Gra- Graves slash Colonel Moon, it's just super one dimensional. His brother Zhao, even worse. It's just like man, they don't these do guys... anything with Zhao. By the way, like you, no, he's supposed to be. I know he has the race scene. By the way, from Tokyo, Drift he looks in there, cool but, though. I will give him that. Yeah, he does look cool, but I feel like he should have had a bigger part in this and he really doesn't I have just much keep thinking of the scene from Fast and Furious for Johnny Trans like my family you had the people yeah. raid my house and I just keep thinking of that I'm like where's that guy huh I know there's an actor yeah. underneath that diamond exactly face. also like, he's better than I wrote this. down they couldn't pull the diamonds out nope okay not at all okay I'll, yeah. I'll roll with it uh, I'll agree. Miranda Frost is a hollow character. Again, another female character. They just don't know what to do. It's like she's like trying to resist Bond and everything and not going to fall for it. And then she does. I'm like, stick stick to one or the other, man. Like, don't. Dude, so don't try does she pull a 180 out of nowhere? She's like, I'm Straight not going to do it. Yeah. The next scene, she's like, let's make out. I was like, yeah, she's like, well, we might as well sleep naked then. And it's like, uh, weren't you just saying this wasn't going to happen? Like, come on, man. What kind of fucking yeah. what kind of character is this? Yeah, this isn't. Halle Berry's best either. Like it's just she's definitely phoning it in. I I think she's she has some pretty decent movies. I did like her in in John Wick three. I didn't, I didn't think she was too bad, and she did her own stunts too. She's in it cool. for twenty minutes. So I mean, but it's still. I mean, it was still pretty cool though. Yeah, I hate James. No, no, um, I don't have an issue with her. I don't. I don't think she can act for shit. So she's she's okay. There's some. It depends on the role. She's done some really horrible movies. Yes, Catwoman, for instance. Oh. Um, Don't even mention, please, sir. Please. Can we just get through these, please? Yeah. But yeah, everything in this is just—it's just bad, man. Even <laughs> I even wrote down what the fuck is Graves wearing at the end of the whole Iron Man. I shit. wrote Iron Man. I said nice. I'm like, this is so stupid. His electricity coming out of his hands. It's purple uh, too. By I, the way. I thought it was hilarious that Bond kills him by releasing his parachute. I'm like, oh my god, what a bitch way to go! Hey, he does get murdered pretty vicious though by through the fan. Yeah. Right? I was like, Jesus Christ! Like I said, there's really no redeeming factor in this movie. You don't need to watch this one. It didn't age well. I don't recommend it. Uh, skip it entirely. I mean, if anything, just look up that one scene on YouTube where they're reminiscing all the freaking 
tech from the previous movie. But that's see, all, once that's again, all you though, need to watch. Guys, I think that only is a good scene to us, though, because we've seen all the other movies. Because we've seen them all. Yeah, I, yeah, true. If you're a diehard fan, then Because when I was a kid, I didn't know what the hell was going scene. on in that scene. I was like, okay, it was just gadgets and shit. I didn't, I didn't see any of the old ones. I was like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, man, I fucking hated this movie, and yeah, everyone Good should man. just bury this movie six feet under. Good man. Yeah. All right, guys. So that is the end of the uh, Brosnan films here overall. So I want to just ask uh, quickly here because we took a bit more time, but I mean, I felt like we needed to throw that hate at these last two films. Um, what did you think about Dalton and uh, Brosnan? Uh, starting with you, Nabil. I know it's the first time. I mean, now, Nabil, you've actually... Marco's almost there, but you've actually seen every movie now, if you want to think about I it. I have. Now. And, you know, um, I was surprised at Dalton, but I understand why he's not on a lot of people's lists. It's just not very memorable, Kind of the forgotten Bond, I'd say. Yeah, he really is. Um, overshadowed. I, I feel like if he had a longer tenure, maybe he would have been able to, to be remembered. But yeah. his films just weren't really memorable. They weren't bad, just... There was nothing about him. And I remember loving Pierce Brosnan more, um, realizing that really it's just Goldeneye. Um, Tomorrow Never Dies is all right, but yeah. the rest of his films were really bad. So, I mean, he himself was good as a Bond character, I think, overall. Yeah. Um, but definitely well, his films. How, can you see that. the comparisons between like Connery, Lazenby, more beforehand and what they kind of bring or add or borrow? Yeah, I, and that's and that's what I'm, I think, like why I like Brosnan, even now looking at these other films, I like Brosnan the most because he is able to... Jesus Christ. Um, well, Sorry. specifically, again, I'm just referencing <laughs> Goldeneye, but he captures all the characters, I think. For one out of four films. Film. Yeah, for that one film. Um, but... Otherwise, everybody's got their own kind of style, and I can see where Connery is really just, you know, I, to me, the the Bond, you know, overall. So, but then yeah. I can also see them see the more too. So it's 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 a little good mix of both. I feels you. Uh, what about you, Marco? Yeah. I like them both. I like Brosnan and I like Dalton. Obviously, I have a soft spot for for Dalton for personal reasons, but I kind of see these Bonds kind of as a like one continuous character basically i know brazen becomes his own after goldeneye but still like even in in their look and and although the brazen movies become a little more goofy and cheesy there's still like the violence is still there it's pretty heavy like with the violence and it can get dark and sometimes which is very reminiscent of the dark tone for the dalton movies um gold yeah goldeneye you know, left, uh, you know, a, a pretty good impression. And I guess to a point left a legacy for Brosnan as, as bond. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call him like my favorite. I mean, he had two good movies, but Hey, you know what? So did Timothy Dalton. Cause I mean, I, I don't look at, you know, the world is not enough or die another day as like solid bond bond films. Like they're just, I don't think, anyone, trash. I don't think anyone should No, So, um, I kind of weigh them in this in a similar boat, you know. They did pretty good with what they had. I I wish each of them would have had either another movie or an another solid movie. In Brosnan's case, if you would have had three solid movies, I thought that would have been cool. But obviously, they couldn't keep up with with you know, directors or writers who who did this stuff. They they just didn't do a good job. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think what hurts uh Brosnan is maybe they weren't based on previous things to Ian Fleming, so they were going off like more up-to-date storylines and i think that kind of hurts because the writing was just really poor um i've always liked timothy dalton um although as we've already talked about uh living daylights not not hasn't aged the best but i still it was still okay 
I really do still like License to Kill quite a bit, even though it's spelled differently. I'll let it pass. <laughs> um, Brosnan, I think this was more of an eye-opener to me that I only really, probably truthfully, only like Goldeneye for the most part, all those other ones. Tomorrow yeah. Never Dies, though, that was a surprise for me in this one. I enjoyed that a lot more than I thought I was going to enjoy it. And and I guess this is where it comes down to like where they're barring things. Like Dalton definitely has more of a Connery vibe to him, I think. Not the smoothness, but I'd say the roughness in uh, Dalton. Definitely yeah. with the action. Um, nobody has Lazenby because he didn't have anything. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> um, but I'll say that Brosnan incorporates a lot of Connery and more, like a combination of the two. Uh, not so much the physical stuff, though. By the way, I don't even notice no, that. He doesn't do know. a lot of hand-to-hand. Daniel Craig that's brings back the... Mostly guns. Daniel Craig is the one that's going to bring back the brawler-esque kind of fighting of Connery, and that's why a lot of people like to do direct uh, comparisons between Connery and Craig, which I think now that you guys have seen all these other ones, you're going to notice that a lot more, too. Um, yeah, Brosnan... Yeah, Brosnan was more kind of akin to uh, more, was using more, ta- cheesy, more uh, tech well, gadgets. That, but he also did a lot of guns, so, I mean, that that's his own thing. So he brought his own, like, I'm fucking True. AK-47 this bitch up, right? Like, goddamn. <laughs> And um, he was not afraid to unload seven clips into someone or into a group of people. Like, okay, those are people. but Or turn one clip into seven clips. Oh, yeah. He never reloads, by the way. Never <laughs> reloads. Never reloads. He looks at his watch a couple times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and his one-liners from, are directly from more. It's just like, holy shit, these are bad. Um, it's just like the confidence. Like, you can tell that, that, that it still feels like he's, like, like using someone else's voice when he does those or something. If that makes sense. Like, it's not really him. Like, fuck, man. Find your own identity. Uh, so, guys, uh, top five Bond films. No particular order for now. This can change by the end of it. We'll have a definitive one next time because there are only four films, so we'll have a bigger overall discussion, obviously, because we we're just we about to knock out 24 movies. Uh, by the way, cool that uh, Q tells Brosnan uh, die another day that this is your 20th watch to signify that it's the 20th movie, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So. Once again, same scene, by the way. That's the one scene in Q. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the only time we see it. I was like, yeah, I just like John Cleese, I guess. It's kind of cool that they pulled, they got him to do this movie. I'm like, holy shit, man. Uh, top five, Nabil. What are you going with? Uh, Goldfinger, uh, From Russia with Love, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, The Spy Who Loved Me, and uh, Goldeneye. Solid list. What about you, Marco? Goldfinger, Dr. No, That's a The good Spy one, Who yeah. Loved Me, License to Kill, Mm-hmm. And Goldeneye. Yeah, so mine, guys, uh, A View to a Kill, Octopussy, World is Not Enough, and Die Another Day. There's no other fifth one. I'm just kidding. Solid list. <laughs> Marco's head snapped up so quick. He's like, holy what? shit. He said, what did he say? He said, bottom five? Bottom five? Um, I'm going to go with From Russia with Love, because you guys know that that's got a personal connection for me. Um, yeah. I really love Thunderball still. So Thunderball, it's going to have to be The Spy Who Loved Me. Goldeneye, and then you know what? I will add in uh, License to Kill because I think if I'm getting like an overall thing, but this would obviously change when the Greg Craig films hit. But I always feel like I, I feel like did. Dalton didn't get enough of like a he didn't get enough time either, man. No. You know, no, he needed, he, he needed one more, solid at least one Honestly, more. It would have been cool to see him in. Well. if he had done Goldeneye, he would have been probably really good in it. So, yeah. oh yeah, dude, I agree. So that's one of them. So, yeah, overall, guys, that is the end of podcast number 73, our double seven James Bond Marathon Part 3. That's all over now. So uh, thank you once again for listening, guys. The feedback, responsive reviews. We've had some really cool 
Um, Marco's been doing a good job with the interaction with people yeah. on these ones. <laughs> as much as I joke with him on those things a lot, but people are actually <laughs> doing some pretty good feedback, so we appreciate that. We, yeah, we, we may do one on uh, what's James' vehicle. What James' vehicle do you want to do? <laughs> He's your favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um, Marco, let them know how they can reach us and how to leave reviews and all that jazz. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Movie Pals Pod, where we do James Bond movies twenty four seven. We are all year long. We are three six five baby. We are the James Bond podcast. We're gonna rename <laughs> it. Rent. Absolutely. After we're done with this, uh, we're doing them all individually, one by one, for the next twenty four pods. <laughs> In depth reviews. Yeah. Leave us a like. Leave us a comment. Just come say hi. You know. <laughs> Tell, tell us, home. <laughs> tell on. us to shut up. I don't know. I'm still here. Hey, tell us why you love quarantine. the world is not enough. If that's yeah. your favorite movie, I'm gonna. Uh, I'll personally uh, visit yeah. you and we can talk face to face. How about that? Yeah, challenge us. Mask, we'll do, we'll do a Zoom meeting. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, also, if you use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, or iHeartRadio, hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode or which vehicle James will be put in next. <laughs> Luckily, the next four movies are pretty solid, I think, outside of maybe one or two. Or a little, yeah, but. yeah, I'll find one. Uh, a quick little thing to add on that as well. Google uh, podcasts are going to be all moving. Uh, Google Play Music podcasts are all going to be moving over to Google Podcasts. Um, just a heads up. I know that's happening in the next few months. So I've already put in for the transition, and we've already been put through. So we are all on Google Podcasts now. And that's a brand new thing, but we are also still on Google Play Music until the foreseeable future when they take it off. They're going to make a little transition going on, so in case you were wondering. So uh, the next one, guys, episode 74, this is the finale because we don't know when No Time to Die is really going to come out. Is it going to come out this year? Is it coming out next year? I'm, I'm, I'm banking it's probably going to be coming out next year. Don't be shocked. So that's why we're going to be doing episode number 74, the 007 James Bond Marathon Part 4. That is from... Uh, it's all Daniel Craig, basically. It's just four movies, 2006 to 2015. We've all been working toward these. I think it's going to be fun because these are more recent, but I also... These are pretty good movies from what I remember. Well. That is that is correct. So, I'm looking forward to these. I am too. So until next time, guys, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.